Welcome to track number five of If You Love the Lord. Father, we thank you for this great blessing. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Now, if you love the Lord, you will love the anointing. Amen. Seven reasons why you must love the anointing. Number one, you must love the anointing because no one can fulfill his ministry by natural might or by human power, but only by the Spirit. Turn to Zechariah 4.6. Zerubbabel said, it's not by might or by power, but by my Spirit, says the Lord. Amen. So you, 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 need, you need to love the anointing because if you love the Lord, you love his anointing. Amen. Because without the anointing, you cannot do anything. You cannot build for him. So I want to encourage you to love and desire the anointing more than anything else. Amen. And whatever the price there is to pay to be anointed, you must decide that you are going to pay that price. Amen. Because you cannot build without the anointing. Amen. Amen. Supernatural things look like natural things. Did you know that? Supernatural things look like natural things. When something is supernatural, it looks natural. So sometimes you miss the supernatural. So, supernatural things are like natural. Like a supernatural father is like a natural father. Or the voice of God is like the voice of a man many times. That is why, uh, what is his name? Samuel thought it was a man calling him. So, the people who do well, when they are serving the Lord, are people who are perspicacious and can detect that this thing is not just a natural thing. There's a supernatural part of it. You see, like, if you take, like, preaching. Preaching is like lecturing. Isn't it? But there's a little difference. You can almost not even define the difference between a lecture or a good lecturer and then a person who is preaching. The difference is just so small. But you have to begin to be able to notice these kind of things. Otherwise, you, you lose out on all the blessings that the Lord has. Amen. So to build, you may look like, okay, the person has got Leadership skills, person is sacrificial, person is this, that person is that. But ultimately, it is not by might or by power, but by the Holy Spirit. Amen. So I want you to desire to be anointed. Because if you are going to be a church planter, you need to be like Zerubbabel. Amen. And be able to say, 
It's not by might or by power. When you are sent out to start a church or to plant a church, amen? Amen. You are sent out to build. Now, building is very difficult. And it, it involves a lot of wisdom. If you are not wise, you cannot build. So, because of that, all right, you realize that um, people do not build because you need wisdom to build. If you look at this university, it was not built by Ghanaians. It was built by the white man when he came here. And he wanted us to also be educated. So he built what we are sitting in. And since then, we've been trying to spoil it. You can see how hard we're trying to mulliganize the whole place and destroy it. And we cannot build the same things or even you know, make this kind of thing. So it, in the natural, you use wisdom. That's the wisdom that we lack mostly as Africans. If you go through most African countries, you will see there are no buildings. It's just like how it is in Ghana. But if you go to Western countries, Asia, and so on, you find, I mean, buildings all over the place. Skyscrapers, underground, under rivers, under lakes, roads, bridges. It's it's the commonest thing when a white man is ruling, like even in South Africa. You just just go 100 meters, one bridge is crossing, another is going under, another is coming. You, You think you are somewhere. And these things were built, you know, some of them were built 100 years ago, 200 years ago. But it's a type of wisdom that makes you because the Bible tells us that it's by wisdom a house is built. Similarly, it is by a certain something that is not so common by which a church can be built which did not exist before. Just as it takes wisdom to build a natural house and some people have the ability but others don't. It equally takes a kind of wisdom, a kind of anointing do you see to build the house of the Lord just as it takes wisdom to build a natural house it takes wisdom to build the house of God now that wisdom is actually the anointing the anointing if you want to say that it is divided into seven parts you find out that six out of the seven parts have to do with the mind. Six out of seven parts of the anointing. Give me my Bible, Isaiah 11 verse 1, 10. Turn off this air conditioner, please. Who is cold? Are you cold? Girls? Turn off air conditioner. 
Then a shoot will spring forth from the stem of Jesse, and a branch from his roots will bear fruit. And the Spirit of the Lord will rest upon him. Okay? Spirit of wisdom, spirit of understanding, spirit of counsel, spirit of strength, spirit of knowledge, and of the fear of the Lord. Amen. And he will delight in the fear of the Lord. Amen. Amen. Are you there? Okay. Now, um, turn with me to Revelation chapter 1. Verse 4. It says, John to the seven churches that are in Asia, to you and peace from him who is and who was and his to come. And from the seven spirits which are before his throne. Amen. Amen. Notice chapter 3, verse 1. And to the angel of the church in Sardis, Right. He who has the seven spirits of God and the seven stars says this. I know your deeds, that you have a name, that you are alive, that you are dead. Amen. Amen. Revelation chapter 4 verse 5. It says, out of the throne come flashes of lightning. And there were seven lamps of fire burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. Amen. And Revelation chapter 5 and 6 says, And I saw between the throne the four living creatures, the elders, standing slain, having the seven horns, seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God, sent out into all the earth. Amen. Amen. So, the concept of there being seven spirits is very real. There are seven spirits of God. But we say, although we say Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is made up of seven spirits. Amen. Do you understand? Now, in Isaiah chapter 11, where I asked you to read, there is a prophecy that there was going to come a root, a stem out of Jesse. Jesse was the father of uh, David. And this stem would be having the spirit of God would rest upon him. He said the spirit of the Lord will rest upon him. Then he went on and explained that the spirit of wisdom, spirit of understanding, spirit of counsel, spirit of might, spirit of knowledge, spirit of the fear of the Lord. So that is six. But if you consider the spirit of the Lord, what he first said, the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. The spirit of wisdom, spirit of God. The spirit of the Lord could also be a, a different spirit. Because when Jesus was preaching, he said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. You understand? And that's the same phrase that is used, the spirit of the Lord, and the spirit of wisdom, spirit of understanding. I think the spirit of the Lord stands for the spirit of Christ, Christ likeness, and so on. But it doesn't really matter. What matters is what really is. We'll find out all soon. Amen. Amen. Now, if there are seven spirits, 
How many of these spirits have to do with your mind? Wisdom, understanding, counsel, might is the one is out. Might is out. Knowledge, fear of the Lord, and the Spirit of the Lord. So, let us say this side is for power, and this side is for the mind, the way you think. Processor. When the anointing is on you, you see, can I have the spirit of wisdom? Hey, brother, spirit of wisdom, line up. Or if you have to have to do with the mind and how you think, you must be on this side. If you have to do with power, then you be on this side. Spirit of wisdom, spirit of understanding. No, go forward, go forward. These are the spirits that are before the throne. Spirit of understanding, spirit of counsel, spirit of might. Might, you should be on this side, yes? Uh, uh, you are spirit of what? You are spirit of what? Spirit of knowledge. Next one, spirit of knowledge. Yeah. Don't forget which spirit you are. Huh? You are understanding. Who is the spirit of wisdom? You are wisdom. Spirit of wisdom, spirit of understanding, spirit of counsel, spirit of knowledge. The spirit of the fear of the Lord. Fear of the Lord. Spirit of the fear of the Lord. And as you are the spirit of might. And then how about the spirit of the Lord himself? Spirit of the Lord. <laughs> Which way will you go, here or here? Well, when Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, to heal the broken heart. So it looks quite like some power. Like, so you, you, you can be on this side. So of these seven spirits, five of them have to do with thinking. Do you see? When the anointing is on you, you see, the major aspect that is affected is how you think. The power part is it's quite a small part compared to this. You see? And that's why when you see even Paul starting to pray for the Christians and all that, he prays for the spirit of wisdom and revelation, understanding, and those kind of things. Do you see? So, wisdom, understand, counsel, advice, knowledge, fear of the Lord. Wow. And the only two have power, and then might, and then Spirit of the Lord, which is also, you are almost in between, you see. So, so catching the anointing is a little different from what you may think it is. It's not that we think that when you've caught the anointing, it's that you, you suddenly cause some power be. That's, it's coming. And this explains why it takes a long time for people to be anointed. Because you think about how many years you go to school to learn 6, 4, 24, 6, 5, 30. I mean, I, I'm learning it from my daughter because she's been in school for so many years. And still, kindergarten, 1, 2, 3, 
when you ask eight take away eight minus three then they'll be doing like this eight take out minus five one two three four five they're left with three so eight minus five is three i mean it takes a long time for them to know all these things that look simple to you you know so but by the time the person knows it i mean it takes years six years to go to primary school to know your times table and then they will be in jss and you think that person has understood it but not so well yeah and you 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 realize that sometimes you know something you pass an exam but you don't have a great understanding of it like if you talk about medicine i mean what i know about medicine now is different from what i knew when i was in school you struggle to just pass the exam and after that It's later that you understand sometimes more because you've known it, you've been hearing it over and over and over. So you sort of need to hear the same thing for a long time before something begins to drop into you. Yeah. So ladies and gentlemen, the anointing is a little different from what you think. That's why it has a lot to do with... You can never go wrong with somebody who reads a lot and somebody who reads the same thing over and over again. You see, because if you talk about medicine, because it's been 20 years since I know about the thyroid gland and thyrotoxicosis, you understand? And people that I've seen with the disease and treatments that we've had to give to people to cure them of it, you understand? So it's a little different from reading it in a way you know you're going to get a thyroid for your exam. Do you understand? So ladies and gentlemen, it takes years, but for those who really love the Lord, they will love these things that the Lord is teaching all the time. Wisdom, spirit of wisdom, spirit of understanding, spirit of counsel. I mean, if, if, if I, let's say I wanted to send somebody as a missionary, even full time, the person has to have a certain way of thinking before I can let the person go. If you don't think in a certain way, when you go, you turn against me. It's true. And, and often, you see, it's the husbands who want to be in the ministry. A lot of ladies, really, their main aim is to marry. Not, it's not the ministry. It's true. They may not admit it. They may not admit it. And they look very flowing when they are relating to the ministry. Especially if they know that that is what you are interested in. They always look very interested and keen in it because that is what you are interested in. But that doesn't mean that they are really interested in the ministry. It's we are, we are not deceived by your nice appearance. I've been around for some time. <laughs> so, sometimes, you, you find out that the man's mind is working in a certain way. But his wife that is married 
is thinking in a different way. The processor is thinking in a different way. So that before I realize, you've got a whole problem. It's true. That's why it, it is good. When I was going to marry my wife, one of the things that attracted me to her was that, you know, our school was closed down by, this school was closed down by President Rawlings for about a year. So during that year, I went to England and she was in Takradi. And I never, I didn't have much contact with her and all that. But she was, she organized her own fellowship. She started a fellowship, you know, and then she used to do dawn broadcasts, you know, with people in the area going around. And they even had a crusade, you know, and she was like the, the, the leader. But I, I wasn't involved with it. I didn't tell her to do it. I never inspired her or wrote to her, are you doing this? Okay, do this now, do this. No. This was just like news to me. Yeah. So sort of independent of you, you see that the person is spiritual. But not that as you are building up the person, so, oh yeah. So, you know, some try to show interest. No. If they realize you are interested in politics, they will, they will look interested in politics. We start uh, football, you know. But in reality, their heart is not there. You take somebody like Princess Diana. When she was going to get married, she realized that Prince Charles was interested in uh, playing polo and riding. But she wasn't interested in riding. The, the woman that he's married now is interested in riding. She rides and she used to ride with him before. Camilla. Yeah. But she, she was not interested in riding. You know, so she, she said she was going to learn how to ride and all that. But at times you see that he will be out riding. She will be inside the castle. They're sitting there thinking about so many things. As he was out there riding with people happily. You see a lot of Ghana girls they don't like to walk. They don't like to go anywhere. Always just feeling cold. They want to go walk around, do anything. Yeah. at all but you see unfortunately you sometimes when you marry you have such wisdom understanding clarity purpose counsel what you want to do then you've linked yourself with something that does not have that you see almost all the problems in the church come from marriage Almost every, even a pastor's work is, the main problem is marriage, counseling and, and the ministry. Almost all, the, like I said yesterday, every missionary who has been sent back home was brought by the wife. <laughs> every one of them. You mentioned the name, I'll, I'll, I can explain it to you. Yeah, the wife brought him back. He couldn't see how he was brought back and he, he was back. that is why it it is dangerous for a very highly anointed person to even marry it's very dangerous thing for to do yeah because at the top there there's all kinds of currents and 
if you don't take care and you hack into the voice that you are not supposed to hack into, you get us into a big problem. Take an example of Adam. If he hadn't had seen Eve, we wouldn't, we wouldn't, we wouldn't have all these problems. And the Bible says, and Adam hacking to the voice of his wife. That same phrase is used in, in Abraham. Go and read your Bible in the King James. It says, and Abraham hacking unto the voice of his wife. And he went and took uh, this girl, Hagar, gave birth to these Palestinians. And almost all the confusion in the world is caused by this group of people. Al-Qaeda, security, this, everything. Eh? Yeah. So what I'm saying is that we are all at different levels of, of the anointing. When I say different levels, different levels of wisdom, understanding, counsel, might, uh, knowledge. We all fear God differently. Like as I come here, I may, be, I may be thanking God that I have the opportunity to preach again. It may not even occur to you that to preach again is... I may be thanking God that thank you for another day. That you, you may only thank God on your birthday. So thank you for another year. So we, we are all thinking differently about the same thing. Are you with me? Yeah. So how you think... How you, you, you need to really believe God to pray. Every time you pray for the spirit of wisdom, revelation, you actually pray for the anointing. Yeah. Because this is five out of the two. You craft, I think you should be on this side. Yeah. But the spirit of the Lord, when the spirit of the Lord is upon you, you are like the Lord. And the first thing the Lord was preaching. You see. So it's all about that. And it just, it's just one, the power. It's just one little side. How many want the anointing? Amen. So, let us press on. To begin to receive the kind of wisdom, understanding, counsel, knowledge, fear of God. Oh, there was no one who feared the Lord like David. That's why he called himself the anointed psalmist, the sweet psalmist, anointed psalmist of the Lord. Because he, 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 he declared over and over about what happens to people who fear the Lord. If you fear the Lord, God will help you. God will save you. Turn with me to Psalm 33. You can go back to your seats. Psalm 33, 
Now, verse 13. The Lord looks from heaven and he sees all the sons of men. From his dwelling place, he looks out on all the inhabitants of the earth. He who fashions the hearts of them all, he who understands all their works. Now notice, the king is not saved by a mighty army. Amen? Amen. What, what does it mean? There's a big army and the king is in it. But he's way at the back. But David is saying that the king is not saved because of the mighty army. Even though he's got a mighty army. A warrior is not delivered by great strength. A horse is a false hope for victory. Nor does it deliver anyone by its great strength. Amen. What do you think? Behold, the eye of the Lord is on those who fear him and on those who hope for his loving kindness. You see, he's switching your attention from the great army, from the strength of your horse, from the strength of your, the warrior to those who fear the Lord. Behold, the eye of the Lord is on those that fear him. Wow. Wow. And on those who hope for his loving kindness to deliver their soul from death and to keep them alive in famine. Oh, this is a man who, if there was ever anybody who had the spirit of the fear of the Lord, more, you know, out of the different spirits, you see that spirit of the fear of the Lord in David. And you see the spirit of wisdom more in Solomon. Because even within the anointing, you have different levels of different things. You understand? Yeah. But with David, there was that God. God is everything. It says, on those who hope for his loving kindness to deliver their soul from death. Our soul waits from the Lord. He is our help and our shield. For our heart rejoices in him because we trust in his holy name. Let your loving kindness be upon us according as we have hoped in thee. Wow. Is it not powerful? Huh? Yeah. If you read Psalm 34, verse 8. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. How blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. In other words, who finds his protection in the Lord. This is the spirit of the fear of the Lord. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints. For to those who fear him, there is no want. The young lions do lack and suffer hunger. But they who seek the Lord shall not be in want of any good thing. Verse 11. Come you children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. This is what David was anointed to do. To teach about the fear of the Lord. Come children. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. 
Who is the man who desires life and love length of days that he may see good? Keep your tongue from evil, etc. Amen. But you see, this is the anointing that is on David to teach us the fear of the Lord. It is the Lord is my shield, the Lord is my strength, the Lord is my tower. The, the king is not delivered by a mighty army, and the warrior is not delivered by his strength. And the king is not saved by the horse or by the strength of the horse. But the eye of the Lord is on them that fear him. Those who hope in his loving kindness, he will save them. Wow. That's the spirit of the fear of the Lord. So you may have wisdom to build, but you don't think that way. That the Lord is my builder. The Lord is my roofing sheets. The Lord is my contractor. You see, if David was a builder, he didn't build it, he was just fighting. His psalms would have been, the Lord is my roofing sheets. The Lord is my contractor. Hey, the Lord is my plumber. He has connected my pipes. He has connected water to my house. The Lord has supplied me my toilet bowls and my sinks. The Lord has given me electric wires to wire my house. This is how his psalms would have been. But he was a fighter. You see, so he knows, so he said, the Lord shall save me from the evil sword. The evil sword is the one that slices you. <laughs> the Lord is my strong tower. He's my fortress. The Lord is my shield. He's my buckler. Fight against those that fight against me. Contend against those that contend against That's, that's David. That's how he sang because of his, his work. His work was fighting. If he was a builder, or if he was a singer, I said, the Lord is my voice. The Lord is my sweet melodies. The Lord gives me sweet melodies every day. The Lord is the soprano and the alto. He is my bass and my tenor. The Lord gives me the, the, the do re mi fa so. Hey, the Lord is my key. The Lord is my skillful voice. The Lord takes me high and brings me low. The Lord gives me the range of voice. It's my rhythm. <laughs> a singer, he would have said, a singer is not fa- made famous by her voice. But it is those that fear the Lord and those that look to his loving kindness. He, they are the ones who shall be delivered and their voices shall be known all over the earth. If, if he was a singer, that is how the sound would have been. If he was a student, he would have said, that the Lord is my brain. The Lord is my mind. The Lord is my pen. He gives me the remembrance. I cannot remember unless the Lord remembers. There is no hope in Apollo. There is no hope in learning overnight. Learning too much. Except the Lord write the exam for you. You can never get an A. You can never get a first class. Except the Lord write it himself. I trust in the Lord. They, those that hope in his loving kindness shall get first class. This is, this is what you would have, you would have written. The Lord is my examiner. He passes me all year round. Those that learn on Saturdays and Sundays cannot escape unless the Lord saves them. Extra classes. Befriending lecturers cannot give me a first class. Are 
Are you listening to me? Yeah. That is how he would, the psalm would have gone. Because he's a fa- So, we often don't understand the psalm. When we read it, you see him talking. We don't sort of see because you, you've never been aware with sword and you hear, you look to your side, and the thing passed by your, your side over here. You miss and then someone comes. Oh, man. If it was you, you would have said, fight against those that fight against me. Contend against those that contend against me. The Lord shall save me from the spear. You will pray, Lord, send lightnings into their midst. You see the people are coming and scatter them. So, this is the fear of the Lord that it's like it is actually the Lord who does everything for me. It's what we call the spirit of the fear of the Lord. And, and you see that in people who pray a lot, who pray at different junctions. When they wake up, they pray. When they are going to sleep, they pray. When they are about to go out, they pray. When they come back, they pray. When they are going to eat, they pray. They are conscious of the Lord and that it's the Lord's provision and his blessing in their life that makes it possible. Amen. When I went to Israel, once I was in, in Jerusalem, and I asked, what is the meaning of this cup that they were the small one? And the man said to me, it is, we wear it because to show that there is something above us. And God is above, yeah. To remind sure that there is something above you, God. <laughs> Are you there? All right. So now, sit down. You must come by the anointing. Amen. Seven steps to this anointing. Number one. And these are the steps that Jesus Christ took that I believe are very important for us. Amen. Amen. Then cometh Jesus from Galilee to Jordan to be baptized of him. But John forbade him, saying, I have need to be baptized of thee, and comest thou to me. And Jesus answering said unto him, Suffer it to be so now, for thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he suffered him. And Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straight away out of the water, and lo, the heavens were open unto him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him. How many would like the Spirit to descend like a dove and lighten upon him? And lo, a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. How many would like a voice to come from heaven and announce that this is my beloved daughter in whom I am well please amen. amen are you listening to me yes. 
Now, when Catherine Kuman died, a lot of people tried to imitate her. She had a way of speaking. All right. Now, when she spoke, she would sort of sing. Hello. That kind of thing. And she had particular words that she used, particular songs that she had. Now, unfortunately, people tried to just imitate her. And, but the, see, the, 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 the thing is that they were using a principle that is true. That when somebody is getting certain results, it's likely that he's doing some things that give him that, those results. You understand? Give me a bit of volume so I don't have to shout. It is likely that he's doing certain things that are giving him those results. Now, if you are wise, you are likely to want to find out what are the things that the person does that give him those results so that I also do those things and hopefully it will give me the same results. Do you understand? How many agree that it's quite natural? Yeah. But unfortunately, uh, when somebody is doing something, there are hidden things that the person also does that you don't. So most of the people who try to imitate Catherine Kuman just fizzled out. But Benny Hinn has up till today several things about him that are Catherine Kuman. So the way he talks, even the way he actually moves and walks on the stage and certain things, they are they are all Catherine Coleman. But <laughs> there are hidden things which are usually more important than the ones that you see. Do you see? For instance, you may look at somebody's car and then you'll be deceived about the person or the person's shoes or clothes. They give you a wrong impression. or so You can easily be deceived. But there are some things like that. But more of it is the hidden things that lead to what you call it. Now, since Jesus Christ had this great and fantastic result of heaven opening, a dove coming down, and a voice announcing, I think it would be a good idea to see what he also did. What do you think? And then maybe we can see if we can copy if it doesn't work, we look for another person who also had the Holy Spirit and see if we can find some few things the person did and then copy. It may work, it may not work. But those are the only things we can do now because he didn't tell us what he did. We just have to copy. So like I said, when Catherine Kumanda, people started to imitate her voice, how she walked, how she sang, how she did this. People even tried to use the same name. Like since we started... A lighthouse chapel international so many churches have changed their name to something chapel international there was nothing like that before oh yeah <laughs> there was nothing like chapel international <laughs> yeah there's lighthouse now lighthouse chapel yeah several churches in accra have changed their names to something something Chapel International. Sometimes you feel that it's a Chapel International that there is a power in it. It is bringing whatever or something. So what I'm trying to say is that we are going to use that same mind to try to trace 
what Jesus did to see if perhaps you can come into that anointing. How many would like to be anointed? All right. So, number one, go to your man of God. Go to your man of God. The Bible says that Jesus came from, cometh from, G, from Galilee to Jordan and to Jew and to John. Amen. Are you listening to me? The Bible says Jesus cometh from Galilee to Jordan and to John. Amen. Now, you need to be able to make the decision, hallelujah, to go to your man of God. Amen. When you do not go, you do not get. Amen. Are you listening to me? So you, you, need, to, you need to go. Go, go, go. Okay. Now, now you are young. You easily move. But as you go older, you, you look at the pastors, you see some of them, they don't come. If I'm having a program, they don't come. If, I, if I'm doing a pro- program or something, they don't come. Some come, and some don't come. So that's how some of you are going to be in the future. Isn't it? You are sitting here eagerly looking at me with eager eyes. But it's a matter of time. You become know-it-alls. If I call you, you won't come. Or you, I used to take a bus and come to the Kodesh in the night just to stand around for a few minutes. You see, those are the things that bring anointing. That is why, for instance, I've been having camps with Alos. Because the people come. So the camp I've been having with you is what we call the spirit of wisdom and anointing and counsel and understand. It's coming to you. It's coming to you because you come. You see, if you visit your friend all the time and he never visits you, you have to stop visiting that person. It's true. One day, I, my little daughter wanted to go to her friend's house. And then she was going to the friend all the time. Then I told her, my, even my wife said to her, this your friend never comes to visit. So why do you keep on going? But she didn't understand. And later, she found out that, well, for whatever reason, either even maybe the mother would not even ever allow her daughter to come for whatever reason. But of course, if you go, they, can't, they have to be polite. They can't say, don't come. Do you see? But you, when you grow up, you realize that you keep visiting somebody and the person never reciprocates. It's like if you hug somebody and the person is standing there like that. You may realize that you have hugged the wrong person. So, you, 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 when, when you are after something, you also have to go. You have to make the effort. 
Amen. Amen. To go. When you don't go, something from the person will not also come. Like sometimes people feel that, oh, I have some people that are my favorites, or these are people that are. I communicate with people that communicate with me. Oh, yes. (laughs) And I mean, it's as simple as that. The people that I know are the people that come to me. If if there's a missionary, if there's a pastor, I'm close. Let's say if I take all the missionaries, do you see? I can mention some in some countries. I'm close to them, closer than I am to others. They just come, they communicate. They, one time I met one of our our pastors when he came, then I called my secretary and said, give this guy a reward, a reward for never getting tired of communicating with me when I don't mind him. It's true. I, I always noticed that it, not, he was even calling because uh, I, I knew his number. Every time he called, it was at the wrong place. Always, I couldn't answer. But he never stopped and he never became angry. So I said, oh, wow. So you see, you, when you go, you'll be surprised in the end something is coming to you. It's true. Yogi Cho didn't come to Ghana. I went to Korea. And not only did I go, I kept going. So there is something that in you, there is a machinery in you that should never stop going. Amen. Amen. Then the second step is very much related to the first one, which is humble yourself in the kingdom. And the Bible says that when Jesus was, when the people were being baptized, when the people were being baptized, it came to pass that Jesus also being baptized. So Jesus joined the masses. You see, some of the people say, oh, there are a lot of people around you, so I couldn't. So that is it. That is why I can't also talk to you, you see, because people don't want to join the masses. <laughs> is it not? Is it not? Is it not true? So there are a lot of people, a lot of people. Yes, there are always a lot of people. Always. There is, it will never change. There will always be a lot of people. <laughs> you don't want to join the masses. You don't want to be humble. So it takes humility to text somebody who doesn't answer you, to call somebody who doesn't answer, to smile at somebody who doesn't notice you, to speak to somebody who is looking over your shoulder at another person. Yeah. If you are not humble, you just, it will just finish you off. <laughs> you will be finished. That's why people don't become anointed. Because this is a small thing and they are off. Look at Jesus. Baptism, son of God, and let everybody stand aside. Can we have only the son of God? No. The masses are going to say, let's all go. And the son of God is also in the same water. Isn't that fantastic? Yeah. But you see, because you are young, Humility comes to you naturally. Because you are nothing. It's not that you are trying to lower yourself from being. You are already nothing. Uh-huh. you understand what I'm saying? You don't have anything. You are nothing. So humility is natural. So even though you may be, you may be despising some people who you think are proud, 
actually your humility is natural humility because it's like that's how you you are actually nothing so you are just flowing in your state of being nothing huh yeah default the default is like when you the setting is that setting because you you are, you are nothing you don't have any congregation there, there, there are no people that salute you you are nothing there's nothing to you you are a student you don't have a car you don't have money you are broke i mean that's it. So humility is your second nature. But a time will come when you will have acquired a little bit. You'll be a mother. You see, like this one, she's a mother now. But when I knew it, she was a skimpy little girl in tech. Yeah. You see, something comes to you when you go and when you are humble. So I'm talking about the steps Jesus took and then he got that anointing. He was, he was, he just, he went. He went. Wow. He, he Bible says, Jesus from Galilee to Jordan cometh unto John. Not that he was coming to Galilee. He was coming to John. I want to see John. Wow! Jesus Christ I want to see John. God wants to see John. Ah. God wants to see John. God has joined the queue to see John. It's too hard for me to. to, to. Without him was not anything made that was made. He was in the beginning. All things were made by him, including John. He was in the beginning with God. Now he has joined the queue to see John. Hey, God teaches humility. Oh. Teaches humility. Hey. I'm just trying to show you the steps that Jesus seemed to be taking to become anointed. Yeah. Then. The third step is submit to your man of God. So, don't call me daddy. You see, that thing now irritates me. You are, you are making daddy into a tent. I'm not, what you must be concerned about is to Submit. When you submit to your man of God, it's a certain level of submission that makes you 
qualified to call somebody daddy. It's true. It's not a title. You realize everybody in the church calls me daddy. It's wrong. I cannot be a daddy for everybody. I may be some kind of a father. But the Bible says don't call anybody father anyway. It's true. You know the meaning of that word, daddy. You just get up and start. Daddy. Daddy. Read it. Jesus said, when the people were baptized, Jesus, Jesus also being baptized. If I'm to tell you certain things, will you even do it? You will not do it. If I tell you, I think the best, wisest thing for you to, to do is to, is to be in full-time ministry. Will you do it? You will not do it. Many of you, why are you calling me daddy? If I say that now, you can, you, many of you cannot do it. That's why at this camp we said those who want to be lay missionaries, masters missionaries, and what other type of missionary do we have? Full-time missionary, different kinds. Because if I tell you the good way, straight, you will not take it. Or I'm wrong. Am I wrong? Well, you are looking at me and saying, So why do you say, Daddy, Daddy? If I really tell you something, will you do it? You will not do it. Why do you want to Daddy me? Concern yourself with submitting yourself to the man of God rather than sharing tight. And people who are not submissive, they, they use their Daddy. Yes, Daddy. Okay, Daddy, I'm coming, Daddy. So, uh, Daddy, should I come to the Daddy? They keep saying that Daddy to compensate for their lack of submission. So in one sentence, there will be about seven daddies. Those for whom it is natural. It is not, it's not, unless the name comes here. Unless the, 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 the daddy is a part of the... Good morning, daddy. Yes, daddy. Okay, daddy, we came there yesterday, daddy. What, what is this? Concern yourself with submitting genuinely. Don't use the word as a compensation and a delusion. A deceiving word and phrase that you use to tell yourself that I have somebody over me. When in reality I am not over you. Some of you ladies, if you are to marry, and yourself comes in the house. And I start to speak. Some of you will not listen to me. You will not listen. Some of you, if you marry and you, you can't have a child and you find out that it's caused by your husband, some of you, you, you will leave your husband. Even if I tell you, don't leave your husband. You see a manifestation right now. You say, daddy, 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 daddy. Don't use that as a, a cop-out for submission to your man of God. Submit properly and stop saying things. Just submit. 
Don't be saying daddy, 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 daddy. One day, I saw a certain wife. <laughs> this wife was harassing her husband. Oh! She harassed him so much that the man became almost uh, depressed and confused. So, I called her. The, the, the problem that this lady had was the, the problem this lady had was that she, she believed something about her husband. Do you see? So I took my time and then explained it to her that you know, what she is saying is it, not true. It's not the case. So I explained uh, for about one hour. (laughs) When I finished explaining, I asked her, do you think this, that your husband is, has done A, B, C, or is doing that's after the one hour I've, 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 I've explained it to her. I've explained, I've given explanation, showing this, that, that, that. I asked her, do you think that your husband is doing She said, oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And then she went further and even used words that she had not used even earlier to explain that she, he is. I'm sure he is. Calls me daddy. Huh? That person is calling me daddy. That's why I said that some of you, the daddy is just a compensation for your stubbornness and for your resistance. Desired of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. One thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek after, 
dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. To behold the beauty, the beauty of the Lord, to inquire in His temple, the temple of the steps do you have? Number four, do not be led by men. John forbade him, saying, I have need to be baptized of thee, and comest thou to me. Amen. Amen. Now, John spoke humanly. Amen. Now, humanly speaking, I would advise you to do certain things with your life. Amen. Amen. Do your master's. Because a first degree is almost useless now. Especially a degree from the university you went to. You understand. You got to do your master's. Your PhD. And get a professional job. You understand. Porsche. You understand. Yes. This is good advice. Now a lot of good advice. Is evil advice. true. Good and evil can never be decided by human beings. 
what God says is good, is good. And that's good. But Adam and Eve ate of the tree and they now have their own tree definition of good and evil. Isn't it? To replace God. So they don't need God anymore. They now know for themselves what is good and what is evil. But we can never exclude God from our lives. We always need God to tell us what is good and what is evil. So God says something. That's the good thing. God says, baptize a man should baptize God. And that's the way it's going to be. And we try to understand everything. The, you see, let me tell you, when you are not intelligent or clever, you don't understand a lot of things. Then when you're left, that's great one of of um, wisdom or intelligence. You don't understand. Grade two, you understand a lot of things. But grade three, which is even higher, you accept things you don't understand. Because it is the fool who says in his heart that there is no God. When you say there is no God, because your understanding does not lead you to God, you've analyzed and analyzed and analyzed. You can't find how God... So who made God? If God made us, who made God? So what started it all? Was it a big bang? Was it an explosion? You understand? So where is God? We've gone through the whole universe. We can't find him. We've taken pictures everywhere. We can't find him. So where is he? You see, therefore there is no God. You are a fool. Even though your intelligence has been able to make you space rockets, cameras, you've gone everywhere, you've done it, you've turned into a fool at the end. Yeah. So the highest level of, of wisdom is where you also have things that you don't understand, things that don't make sense, that can also fit into your box. It is higher to fear the Lord and say that, yes, it is good to have a good horse. It's good to have a good army. But then you go one step higher when you know that my deliverance is not from this horse. My deliverance is from the Lord. That one, you've gone higher. So that's why often very intelligent people and people who've been to school don't believe in God because they only stay at level two. You see? So me, I believe in science. I can see evolution working in many things. I believe in technology. I believe in all the scientific things, archaeology, what have you. But I have have a step above that as well. (laughs) I believe in God. I believe in the greatness of God and things that I don't understand. And I trust more in the level three than even in the things that I have learned. And so people cannot fathom or understand that I've gone to school so much, I've learned so many things, and still I've gone to the level three where I still believe in God. This is what people can't understand. They feel that I shouldn't have gone to school, I shouldn't be educated, and I believe in that level, which they think is a negative level. But it's actually superior to thinking and intelligence. So, when you hear somebody preaching, like one day somebody came to the Kodesh and he heard me preaching and he, was, he heard me talking about prayer 
and how sometimes I pray for the Lord. He was surprised because he had been reading some of my books and he felt that, I mean, I really think a lot and I really believe, I mean, so many things that I believe in and I know and I've learned and so on. So he was surprised that there's, I, mean, I believe he's staying in one place. I believe it. <laughs> More than 15 hours, 10 hours, 12 hours, 7 hours, 8 hours. Just I believe it with all my I do it and I believe in it. To me, one hour praying, two hours praying is very it's very short. It's not to me, I I feel dry if I pray for one hour or two hours. It's true. I believe in a Shabbat. You see me like chanting as if I'm a Buddhist. Yeah. If you come to that, you think I'm a Buddhist. So you see, I have the level. If you listen to me, you know I know history. I know I have knowledge about this. Uh, what do you call it? I mean, science, medicine, this, economics, whatever. But you see, I've gone to the level three. I believe in the... I believe it, pa. I believe it. That is the higher level. Yeah. Are you listening to me? Are you listening to me? Yeah. So, do not be led by men or thinking. Logic. Go by your faith. And faith has no evidence. Except the faith itself is your evidence of the things you hope for. You must learn a higher level of intelligence and thinking that transcends logic. And transcends calculations and transcends the logic of things. Now, why should me being less than this, a greater than this, let this nobody whom I created kneel down for him to put me in the water? And what is the water going to do for me when I go inside the water? How will it change my life? Yeah. Yeah, I, I believe it. I believe in the senseless, thinkingless aspect of Christianity. Kayabaya. I believe it. I believe it. I believe it. I believe. That's why I honor Archbishop Duncan Williams. Oh yeah. That's why I honor him. Because I'm, I'm in level three. He's a father. God put him in the country. Whether this has happened to him before, that has happened before. Do you understand? I have gone transcended that logic. I don't go by that. That is, I am a child. It's beyond my thinking. My, I've moved into level three. Honor your father and your mother. That it may be well with you that you may live. That is my thinking. So I have the intelligent analysis, thinking, calculation, planning. But I put that one and I move into the next box. When I have to do certain things, I come and descend into that box. So when I stand before John and John is using analysis and calculation and telling me I should go this way, I say, my friend, no. Based on a higher level three 
understanding, a spiritual one, I must bow now so that I can rather gain the ascendancy over Satan and gain a certain control in this world. Yeah, it's higher than the thinking of us. So, you would have thought that for me to come and be a preacher and I, I become the poorest man in the world. Opposite. You would have thought that staying in Ghana would make me dependent. Like it was at the beginning. I was dependent on people abroad. I was dependent on my sister who was working abroad to feed me. Amen. Amen. But you see, there is a higher level. And for so many reasons, I cannot share certain things with you. But if I could, I would. I would. Maybe one day I'll tell you somewhere. Amen. Yeah. If you ever get close. It takes a lot to be close. You have to maneuver. You have to play politics. You have to play humility. <laughs> it's not easy. It's true. It's true. Are you there? Amen. So, don't, don't be led by man and by analysis. Be led by God. Ha! Huh. That you'll be blessed. What do you think? Number five. Complete all necessary formalities and fulfill all righteousness. Amen. What does that mean? You must complete all formalities. Amen. What are the formalities? What are the formalities? Huh? There are many, many formalities. You have to become a shepherd. Be at a camp, do this, do that, stay there, be humble, flow along. There are many things you got to do if you're going to do well. Make sure that all the necessary formalities. Now, Jesus, amen? Amen. Formalities have a role. You see? Uh, Where is, uh, who are those getting married? Where is your beloved? He's got an exam. All right. Is there anybody here who's beloved with somebody? I need two beloveds to come. Sharon? Sharon, where's your beloved? Uh, your name is what? Enoch. Wow. Now, come, two of you come. Uh, no, stand here, stand here, face me. Stand here, face me. This way. You said your name is what? Enoch, what? Ewa. And your name is what? 
Sharon, what? Nutako. Okay. Uh, you say your name is what? Enoch. <laughs> okay. Enoch. I declare you husband and wife together. You are now the husband of Sharon in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. Come and congratulate them. Okay. Now, you can sing for that. You can go for your honeymoon. What room are you? What room are you in now? Okay, go, go for honeymoon. You can take them. Yeah. You don't want to go. A door has been opened unto you and you cannot see. Bless of my blood, bone of my bone. There's no one closer. You are flesh of my blood, bone of my bone. The hour ah, you don't want to go. Flesh of my blood. Bone of my bone. Ah. There's no one. What is wrong with them? Why? Ask, ask, ask them. Yeah, give a microphone. What is wrong with them? Please, Enoch, what's wrong with you? We are very surprised. Why aren't you going? A door has been opened. What is wrong with you? Please explain. A great door has been opened. We want to know why. You are not walking through. Please explain. You have been waiting for this moment. You have been waiting for this moment all your life. Yeah. Did you tell me you were burning yesterday? Yeah, the door has been open for you. Please explain. Are you surprised at what the Lord has done? Bishop, please, I'm very surprised. You are surprised? Yes, I'm very surprised. That you are married. What time is it? 10.29. Uh-huh. Bishop, please, I'm very surprised. I think they, they think I'm joking. <laughs> Sharon, oh, now we're expecting something different. Can you give her the microphone. What, what, why are you not going? Go to the room. Have you got the key? Yes, we have the key. So, are you not going to the room? What the number? Room number? A7. Uh huh. 
is not how <laughs> I expected my wedding to be. This is not how you expect. I spot your wedding. I spot your wedding. I spot your wedding. school you've been to marriage school we haven't yet been to marriage school <laughs> but am I am I not the one who wrote the marriage counseling book? they don't believe in miracles okay We should just pawn them and then just get some water and then. because you don't have water. Ah. Okay, okay. You have rejected the marriage, so you go and sit down. We gave you honeymoon. We gave you keys. We gave you everything. We declared you husband and wife. You didn't pay anything. Oh. Surprise miracle. All right, sit down. Now, now the reason why Enoch doesn't want to have sexual relationships now with Sarah is he feels that certain formalities have not yet happened. Is it not true? Yeah, and without those formalities, the thing is some way. Even though it is because when you are my, I am the same pastor. I said, I declare you husband and wife in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. Let it be so. And and suddenly you are married. Is there anybody who I I said that at your? Come, you give me your mind. Why are you sitting there? Come. Did I say so? I said it. Yes. And what happened after that? After that, I was married. After that, you were married. Fully. You accepted it as marriage. Fully. So you moved from your room. Flowing in it. And you went to where your husband was. Yes. And you stayed with him. Till today. Hey! And then she realized that the old man who is sitting under the Iroko tree can see further than the young man who has climbed to the top of the Iroko tree. 
So, brothers and sisters, you realize that when you don't do certain formalities, there is something very, 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 very wrong. Because I've never seen a couple, I declared them, I did it for her. And I'm sure there are some other people I did it for. I said, I declare you husband and wife. The first person to marry in Adelaide Chapel, this one. I just said it. Husband and wife. They walk and they believe it. And that was it. But you see, it came along with some formalities. Some things you got to go through before you have the confidence. And you, you will remember that it was done in a particular way. So there are some events. In, although the event is marked by just a word. You just say, you are it. You have to mark that speaking, that word with certain format. You have to mark it. That's what the Bible calls landmarks. Do not move ancient landmarks. She cannot easily just leave her husband. If she says she's going to leave her husband now, it's going to be a problem. I say, ah, is that what you learned? When we, before she leave her, we have to call meetings. Day, because you were not just saying, all right, how I said it here. If you were to follow that, they say at the next camp, you, uh, you, you can be divorced at the next camp. So you get a new person. So, there are formalities in ministry. Becoming appointed as a pastor, doing certain exams, going through certain experiences. You see, having certain things that being in this department, in that department, working in this area, doing this sometimes going even on the mission field is sometimes it's a formality yeah you see one of my pastors i sent him to kenya once before i sent the person who is there now when i sent him to kenya what happened was that when i sent him to kenya what happened was that he told his wife was going to go to university she canceled it he they even went to Swedru. They had a party for the wife. Send off and when they finished everything, then I said, Don't go to Kenya again. He never went to Kenya. But as far as I'm concerned, he has been a missionary before he's been to Kenya. And, and today he's a, a bishop elect. Do you see? So you realize that just that act fulfilled a certain formality that you have, you should be prepared to do anything. I didn't know I was going to change my mind, but I changed it at that point. But all the people, all the things that they've, they've gone through, they are part of your training. When I went to Korea, Yongicho is 70 something years old now. And he has handed over his church to a Korean, a young, younger Korean pastor. I'm younger, I'm sure he's about 50 years old. But so one day I had the opportunity to sit with this pastor for dinner. I'm sitting here, he's here. So I asked him that what what qualities, what what was the qualification for Yongicho to give you the young a young person like you, the largest church in the world? Well, why did he give you? He said, qualification. He said, Dr. Cho has moved me around in the world. Uh, at least seven times to go here to this country and when they are just about to settle come to Los Angeles after they're just about to go to Japan after that go he said I've been in the church since I was a child and I grew up in the church 
and he has sent me everywhere. Go here. When the church about said, come here, come here, do this. He said, that, that is the only qualification he gave me. <laughs> it's true. And then Yong Cho chose him to be his successor in the church. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Yeah. So sometimes going to certain places is a formality you have to go through. So sometimes when you see people say, so I want to work at Healing Jesus Crusade. Healing Jesus Crusade? As soon as they say that, immediately it disqualifies them from working there. Because when you come, this is what I want to do. There are things you have to do to be able to be there. Yeah. Or to be anywhere. There is no particular place that is cut out for you. And you have to do this. You have to do that. You have to do that. You have to do that. You have to do so many different things in order to become what you are supposed to become. And as soon as you resist those things, you start cutting short your future. So Jesus Christ, it's not that he was really supposed to be wet that day. But it's a process. It's a step. It's, a, it's, it's something that you have to do. So he did it. And there are things like that in the ministry. That's not your destiny. That's not your last position. But you have to do it so that you can come to the final position. One day Jesus was challenged. How can you be a preacher? And he asked, the baptism of John, is it a good baptism or it's not a good baptism? In other words, how can you are illegitimate? You are not a legitimate authority. When you are not a legitimate authority, you will always be challenged. You have no right. Even John John Wesley, when he was preaching, they challenged, you have no right to be preaching. What right do you? And he said, I have been ordained by the Archbishop of Canterbury of the Church of England. That's the Pope of the Church of England. That is the authority under which I'm standing to be a preacher. So where you go out and you don't have a legitimate backing, one day it will feed back against you. So whatever you are going through, whatever you have to go through, it may sound like, oh yeah, it's something you will do. But I'm telling you, sometimes when the formality time comes, that's when you see that, no, this thing, is it necessary? Is it not necessary? Is it necessary? Is it not necessary? And you realize that it was necessary. Amen. That is why becoming a bishop involves some ceremony. Do this, do this, do this, do this. But it's not that that all the things, you can just say, from today you are a bishop. In fact, recently I went somewhere and I consecrated somebody as a bishop. There were several people there, including some bishops, who were also bishops. And later on, somebody was telling me that, he's sure that the people were wondering whether they were really bishops. Because some of them, they just announced in church, you are a bishop. From today, come, let your hands come. Your name is what? Okay, you are bishop. In Jesus' name, amen. So, bishop, Kojo. Is he a a genuine bishop? It's a pundit. So so you should not be, somebody like this should not be posing. Ah, Even though you don't have water here. Ah. You cannot just be posing around as a bishop. Okay, 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 okay. You cannot just pose around as a bishop when you have no authority. 
Say you are Bishop Kojo. You are joking. Are you there? So, don't resist your training. Don't resist your formalities. And you see, there's something about a gift. A gift makes room for a man. Your gift keeps on moving you to the place that you are supposed to be. It's true. That's what I've seen. Your gift keeps moving you forward. Amen. Are you listening to me? Amen. Amen. So God is going to bless you greatly as you go through all the formalities that you need to go through. Amen. Amen. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Glory to God. Number six, understand the timings of the Lord. Understand the timings of the Lord. There is a time, amen. Amen. There is a time for what? There's a time for you to be anointed. And God is in his time. is going to get you become an anointed. Well, I mean, if you think about it, how long does it take for you to become wise? To have an eyes? It's going to take some time, isn't it? Yeah. But if by a certain age, you don't have a certain amount of wisdom, then you are behind your progress chart. You should have had one or two stars on your chart by now. But you are not having. Your wisdom is still down there. You've been coming for camps. You've been reading, but it's not entering. You have been reading, but you are not doing. But God is telling you today, there is a time. So, you may say, oh, one day the dove will drop on me. No. Think of how your wisdom has to develop. Your understanding has to develop. Amen. Amen. You have to increase in your wisdom, in your understanding, in your counsel, in your knowledge. And you must be rapidly increasing in your knowledge. Rapidly. Rapidly learning. Rapidly learning. Because you've got a time. You're not going to live forever. You're not going to live forever. You're not going to live for so long. You just have a short time. You need to acquire as much wisdom and knowledge. Otherwise, you're just going to know everything by the end of your life and die with it. Because wisdom, you need when you acquire, you need to have a chance to use it. You need to have a chance to use all the knowledge you've come by. All the knowledge, the wisdom, the counsel. I mean, you've got to have an opportunity to use it. What are you going to do if you don't have a chance to use this great wisdom that you get? So you've got to get it quickly. You understand? You've got to get wisdom into you quickly. Understanding. Faster and faster. 
I really pray for you that you be a wise person as a young person who is wise. I, don't, I, I know you will be wise when you are old. When you are old, you will know everything. Do you understand? But what about when you are young? I remember a certain lady. She was living alone in her house. She was very lonely. And one day, she decided to talk about her marriage. Because she had been married before, but she was divorced. You, you not always get people to talk. Give me some. You not always get people to talk. To reminisce and to speak about some of these things. But one day she decided to speak. An old lady. She was over 70 years old, I think. Also was 60 or 70. And she said, you know, I was proud. I was proud. That's why my husband left me. She said it. I mean, not that I said she was proud. She said she was proud. She said, my husband traveled. She said it. She said, you know, I was my, my husband was living in another country and I was here. My husband traveled. She told me one day I was at the office. My husband traveled and came to see me. And he came to the office and I refused to come out even to see him. Not, not that somebody told me. She said it. She's sitting here, I'm here. She said, you know, I was really proud. And then he left me. And I realized that I had made a a mistake of my life, which had affected me all my life. You see, the fear of the Lord or the wisdom of the Lord will even teach you humility. Even in business, they teach humility now. Because all businesses that become proud lose. Like you take the, uh, what do you call it? The PCs are losing out to Macintosh. As you become complacent, you, you, you lose out. Everybody, they take over. Are you there? Even, even in business, they teach it. But you see, this 70-year-old, she knows it. <laughs> what is she going to do with it? Somebody who can hardly walk. Who, you are going to be humble enough for who to marry you. No, 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 no. I mean, even when you are humble, anybody who marries you, he has to come and bath you every day. You are, you are, you are actually trying to get a nurse. A male nurse. So the wisdom for humility had come. She knew it, but she got it too late. The life is over. As long as I've known her, she has been that divorced woman who just stays in a huge house all alone, admitting now in the 70s that you were proud towards your husband what do you think huh it's a pity isn't it 
Yeah. As for wisdom, you will be the repository of... What is repository? Do you know what is a repository? Repository is a place where something is kept safely. You will be the repository of wisdom to be kept safely in you. And you die with it. (laughs) Are you listening to me? Yeah. You will be the repository of wisdom but it's too late. Wisdom will be safely in your mind and your heart, but you can't use it. So, even though it's going to take time and there's a time at which wisdom is going to come to you, you need to accelerate your acquisition of wisdom. You need to, you need to become a meditator. You see, this book, how many have got a copy of this book, Steps to the Anointing? You all have a copy. Yeah. That's what I'm preaching from. I'm preaching to you from the book that you have. Do you see? But if you don't meditate on it, the points that I'm sharing, you will not have them. Because I'm just meditating to you on the thoughts, the points that you have already. But because you don't have time and you don't meditate on what you have, it never comes out in a certain way to you. And you never mean it. It never means much to you. You just look and just glance through it. Step number one, do this. Step number two, go to Step number three, submit. Step number four, this. Step number five, this. You are just there. You've even preached it before. <laughs> but I'm sharing with you the importance, amen, of being fulfilling. Uh, Understand the timings. That there's a time that you are going to have to be that way. But you need to accelerate your which you got. There's a time that you're supposed to be by 30. You see, by the age of 30, you should be in your life's work. Levites started their work from the age of 30. Jesus started ministry from the age of 30. John the Baptist, 30. He started. So, the Bible says, and Jesus began to be about 30 years of age when he started his ministry. So, it is 30 that is the age of entering your calling. I mean, by that time, you should be. I was 29 years old when we bought the uh, Collegono Cathedral. and moving. I was 29 years old. Yeah, I was in my 20s. <laughs> when we moved into Collegono Cathedral. 29. 1992. <laughs> <laughs> I was in my 20s when we bought it. 
Then we, we moved in there. He had a convention. I was in my 20s with Reverend Eastwood in that building at Christmas. I was in my 20s when I started the first branch. I was in my 20s when we started a church branch of this church in Kumasi. And I was exactly 30 years old when I was starting the church in London. I started on my 30th birthday. I went to start around my 30th birthday. All right. All right. <laughs> so some of you are thinking, I'll be wise when I'm 50. I'll be wise when I'm 40. But I'm, I'm explaining to you that, you see, as you are building up to be 30, you get it? Ah, you should be accelerating in wisdom and in seeing your calling and you should be accelerating towards what God wants you to be and what you are supposed to be. Amen. Amen. Hey, is it powerful? Yeah. You are planning to be 40 before you are wise. So when I'm 45, then I'll have this wisdom. You are joking. There is a bubuzela in your, your pupils. Of the night, 
is coming Like a thief in the night He'll be there We shall meet Him in the air And all its glory another He is coming He'll be there Maranatha Seven, prayer and spirituality. Amen. We'll lead you to the anointing. Bible says, now when all the people were baptized and it came to pass that Jesus also being baptized and praying, the heavens was opened. Glory to God. When you pray, you become anointed. The Lord is nigh unto them that call upon him. Amen. You can't get it better than that. The Lord is nigh unto them that call upon him. To them that call upon him in truth. Amen. What do you think? Is it fantastic? Psalm 145. At the end somewhere, verse 18. The Lord is near unto all them that call upon him to all that call upon him in truth trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding in all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct and he shall direct your path. He will not allow your foot to be moved. He that keeps you will not slumber. The Lord is near unto all them that call upon him. To all that call upon him. 
If you love the Lord, you will value yourself. Amen. Amen. The Bible describes salvation in 1 Peter 1 verse 9. It says, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. Yes. Though we have not seen him, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls, of which salvation the prophets have inquired diligently and searched diligently. Amen. It is a wonderful thing to be saved. It's the greatest blessing to be saved. It's the highest gift to be saved. Amen. But if you love the Lord, you will love the salvation that he has given to you. You will value the salvation. Sometimes, when somebody gives you a gift, you value the gift more because of who gave it to you, not even what it is. Do you see? Yeah. Yeah. I remember I had some cufflinks which my father gave to me. They were out of fashion and old and funny. But I liked them in particular because my father gave them. It was one of the only things that my father gave to me. One day I was on a flight with the Archbishop Duncan Williams. And the you know, they have this duty-free um, things that they sell. It's not really duty-free. It's just tricks to make you buy things. But he bought a watch for me from the tray that the people were selling as a type of watch. But I, I particularly like that watch. Because he bought it for me. It's not that I couldn't have afforded it. I could have. But because he bought that watch for me, I like the watch. Because if you love somebody, the thing that the person gives you, you will like it. Because that person gave it to you. Amen. Amen. Are you listening to me? Yeah. So, If you really love the Lord, you will love and value the salvation more than anything else. And to me, your love for the Lord is shown by your interest and your love for your salvation. I found out that the more people love the Lord, the more they are amazed that they are saved. They are shocked that they are saved. They are surprised that they are saved. They look around and they realize that I could easily not be saved. Easily, easily, easily. Just look around you and see people that are just like you. (laughs) And you realize that it's just by his mercies and by his grace. One day, day. I was with uh, Dr. Ogo. How many of you know Dr. Ogo? I was with him in the Cape Coast. Aida, do you remember? Yeah. We were walking with him in the, we were walking together in the hotel, the outside there. And I turned to him, I said, Dr. Go, 
to me, you don't value your salvation. Because he was a, a medical doctor who seemed to want to just practice medicine. And I felt, I said that, if you valued what has been done for you in a certain way, if there is anything you could do to say thank you, do you understand? Then you would, I mean, how can you say thank you? (laughs) Sing it. How can I say thanks? I say thanks for the things that you have done, things so undeserved, yet you gave to prove your love for me, and the voices of a million angels. All that I am and ever hope to be, I owe it all to you. Never hope to be. I owe it all. 
to you. Hallelujah. Amen. All right. So salvation, you cannot easily say thank you for your salvation. But the less you love the Lord, the more you take it for granted. Amen. The more you take it all for granted. And you make a big mistake when it comes to your salvation. All right? Now, if you love the Lord, number one, you speak, you will see and speak of your salvation and you speak and see and speak of your salvation as a great benefit. It says, what shall I render to the Lord? Psalm 116 verse 12. What shall I render to the Lord for all his benefits towards me? I shall lift up the cup of salvation and call upon the name of the Lord. What shall I render to the Lord for all his benefits? There's nothing you can do. What are you going to say to you? Are going to send him a card? Huh? I'm asking you, are you going to send him a card? The only card you can send the Lord is your life. You're going to send him, write him a letter. Dear Lord, regards, thanks for salvation. Words cannot express. Please accept this card as a token of my appreciation. Signed you. Hey! What shall I render? How shall I? How? Is it how shall I or how can I? How can I say thanks for the things that you've done for me? Things so undeserved. Yet you gave to prove your love for me. The voices of a million angels could not express my gratitude. All that I am and ever hope to be, I owe it all to you. Ah, this is a song. This is a real song. I prefer to listen to this than to listen to some gibberish that is called Christian music. Gibberish. I prefer to listen to this because it tears my heart. How can I say thanks? It's like a verse in the Bible for all the things that you've done. And you see, like Andre Crouch said, it is a gift. His father asked him, if, if I pray for you and God gives you a gift, will you use it for his glory? He said, I will. And he prayed. He said, from then his ear popped and he could hear music. He could sing. He just gets songs. It's like magic. This is a special gift. How can I say thanks? For all the things you've done for me. Things so undeserved. Yet you gave to prove your love for me. The voices of even my voice. How much more the voices of a million angels could not express my gratitude. All that I am and ever hope to be. I owe it all to you. To God be the glory. 
Then he says, with his blood, he has saved. With his power, he has raised me. Oh, this is too beautiful. I mean, I've, I've noticed. So I told Dr. Go, I said, you don't value yourself. Because to be saved from this room is a hard thing. But you have been saved. That means a very hard and difficult thing has happened specially for you. When I look at myself, how many half-castes are in a church in Ghana? Do you think there are not many half-castes in Ghana? Oh, what are you talking about? Plenty. Half-castes, we are a lot. Because because people married from abroad a lot. My, my mother's friends were all white people. There are so many white people in Ghana. German, Swiss. We used to have a Swiss night. Every 1st of August, a Swiss National Day. Swiss night. We were always there. They make a bonfire. They do Swiss things. You see all the Swiss families. The people who are married. We all go there every year. We are a lot. How many of such people do you see in a church? Eh? Look at me. I'm preaching. Kolegono. Damongo. Tamale. Nkwanta. Dunkwaunofin. All over. KJB. Jasekan. Begro. Standing there preaching. How can I say thanks for the grace that has been shown to me? There is nothing else. If my life has to be bent on a fire, then whatever. Because there's no letter I can write. I don't know how to sing well. When I sing, I can't remember the I'm only trying to remember the Bible. So the songs, I can't remember the words. Huh? I can only give my life day by day, all my days, all my years, all my moments to the end. To the last moment. Ooh. What? Without a single reservation. I have no reservations to make a, this up to this, this up to this, from here up to Oof. For me, personal, this is what brought me to serve God. I am not serving God in the ministry because of anything, job or whatever. How can I say thanks? People come up, there are a lot of people you hear, they say, God called me, he spoke to me in a vision. All those things, I don't have them. I'm just thankful if I can find something to do. That's why all those things, they affected me. When people ask, is he powerful? He's an administrator. Because it's real. It's real to me. It's like, am I really called? It's a problem for me. You see, because people come and say, you know, that the Lord appeared to me on the 17th of June. He said to me, my son, I have called you. You shall be a light to the nations. You shall do this. You shall do this. Me, I don't have all those ones. I am just thankful to the Lord. I want to serve him. I want to do something. I don't know what there what can be. I don't know what I can also do. Yeah. So, for me, I'm grateful. Yeah, for such. Thank you for choosing me. Thank you for loving me. You know that song? love the Father has lavished on us. 
that we should be called his sons and daughters precious in his sight greater love this world has never seen when he hung on the tree oh why would he do such a thing for dirty sinners like you and me Father has lavished on us Wow That we should be called his sons And daughters Precious in his sight Greater love This world has never seen When he hung on the tree Oh why why would he do such a thing? Nothing will be too much to give up for your salvation if you love the Lord.
Now, in Luke 7, verse 36, one of the Pharisees was requesting him to dine with him. And he entered the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. And there was a woman in the city who was a sinner. When she learned that he was reclining at the table in the Pharisee's house, she brought an alabaster vial of perfume. And standing behind him at his feet, weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears and kept wiping them with the hair of her head and kissing his feet and anointing them with the perfume. Now when the Pharisees who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, If this man were a prophet, he would know who and what sort of person this woman is who is touching him, that she is a sinner. Mercy. And Jesus answered him, Simon, I have something to say to you. And he replied, Say, teacher, a money lender had two debtors, one owed 500 denarii and the other owed 50. When they were unable to repay, he graciously forgave them. Are you with me? Luke 7, I'm on verse 42 now. Huh? Are you with me? When they were unable to pay, he graciously forgave them both. So which of them will love him more? Simon answered and said, I suppose the one whom he forgave more. And he said, you have judged correctly. Turning toward the woman, he said to Simon, do you see this woman? I entered your house. You gave me no water for my feet, but she has wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You gave me no kiss, but she, since the time I came in, has not ceased to kiss my feet. You did not anoint my head with oil, but she has anointed my feet with perfume. For this reason I say to you, her sins, which are many, have been forgiven. For she loved much, but he who is forgiven little, loves little. Then he said to her, your sins have been forgiven. Amen. Wow. wow. She loved much. Amen. This is an example of somebody who loved the Lord very much. If you love the Lord, your tears will be given to the Lord. Your hair will be given to the Lord. Your, your self-respect will be laid at his feet. Your precious perfumes, your precious things will be given to him if you love the Lord. So when you see people who say they love the Lord, but their emotions are kept away from the Lord, they will shout, but they will shout in a stadium. They will cry, but they will cry for black stars. Or cry for Uruguay. They will feel sad for Michael Jackson. 
but you don't feel sad about Jesus Christ. They will uh, lose their self-respect for certain things, but not for the Lord. They will give their precious something. You see, like what is precious for you? One thing is precious for you is your youthfulness, your energy, your zeal. You don't know that you are young because you've not been old before. But even, you see, like if if I look at my age, uh, where I am now, any of the girls here could be my wife. If we stood together now, you wouldn't know the difference. You could say, oh, you can be my wife, even though you may be 25 years younger than me. But if we marry, you will see that I'm older than you after some time. Oh, you don't understand what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> One day, a certain lady uh, an old man, older man came to propose to her. This man already had a wife. But he wanted a, a younger, fresher wife. So he went and proposed to this young girl who was about 10 to 15 to 20 years younger The man was older than her, by about 10 or 15 years, something like that. I don't know exactly. So, they married and they started living happily ever after. One day, the wife realized that this man, by 7 o'clock, he's falling asleep. (laughs) Eight o'clock, he's fast asleep. You know, old people, they sleep very early. So he said, ah, he doesn't want to go out. He doesn't want to do anything. Sleeping. That is when she realized that there was a difference. And that she had married an old man. Although the guy was not an old man, but older than you, just ten years you see that there is a difference between today and 10 years from today. You watch and see. Yeah. Today and 10 years from today, you you will see a difference in your life. But unless you are perspicacious, you may not notice it. How many are becoming perspicacious? Tell your neighbor, perspicacity is my nature. Are you there or you've gone home? Amen? Amen. So, brothers and sisters, I I want you to know, huh? How did I get into all that? But anyway, that when you really love the Lord, you give him precious things, which is your youthfulness, your best days, your intelligence, your niceness. It's for the Lord. I said it's for who? for the Lord. So that's how when I see people say, we will come, don't worry, Bishop. We'll come and work for the Lord. This is the best time to work for him. 
There is no church or no work of God that will take less than 10 to 20 years to work. To take years. How many years have you been singing for me? Count. Huh? When you were in school, what year was it? Before you went to Benin. That was 2001. 2004. And when did you start singing for me? 2001. 2001. And today is what? 10. She has almost been singing for for nine years now. You see, you, you think it's just like yesterday. It was but yes. Sing. It was but yesterday. It was but yesterday you were a baby. But so soon you are growing too. And before you know it, you become a lady or a man with children too. And then your health and strength begin to fail you. Then you say, Now what shall I do? Because the days and years you may have wasted Maybe memories hunting you So you see my brother, the life is so short It passes so quickly and soon it's gone You have just one life to live on So remember your creator while you have breath so you see my brother, the life is so short It passes so quickly and soon it's gone You have just one life to live on earth So remember your creator while you have breath You pass with a loved one and say to you tomorrow Tomorrow comes but he may be gone they tell you your friend has left you in sorrow And your world comes crashing down Life is just like a little flower Today is here, tomorrow is gone So don't just chase out it's, it's not too much They have been walking, they wear, they wear sandals, they, don't, they don't wear no shoes In the dust of Jerusalem Came and she was kissing. Your debt is. I like your your debts. I like your debts. What? That's when I see. That, that's why I told Doctor, you don't value your salvation. Do you, do you remember when I told him? Yeah. I, I, it's just amazing to me that it's such a blessing to me to be saved. Ah, what like to serve the You don't have to pay me to serve the Lord. No, 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 no. Payment for being a servant of the Lord. Whoa. What a blessing. What an honor. Amen. Amen. All right. Sit down. So if you love the Lord, nothing will be too much to give for your salvation. Shun. Amen. 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 Number three. If you love the Lord, you will proclaim your salvation unrestrained by 
society or by the by social you you'll be uninhibited i should say in your proclamation of salvation you'll be unrestrained and uninhibited mercy John chapter 4, verse 10. And Jesus said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God, and who it is that saith to thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. And the woman saith unto him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. From whence then hast thou that living water? Amen. What do you think? And then she said, Are thou greater than our father Jacob? And Jesus answered, Whosoever drinks of this water shall never thirst again. And Jesus said to her, in verse 16, Go and call your husband. And the woman answered, I have no husband. And Jesus said, Thou hast well said, I have no husband. For thou hast had five husbands. And he whom thou <laughs> now hast is not thy husband. That is the sixth man. In that sayest thou truly. The woman said, Sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. Our fathers worship in this mountain, and ye say that in Jerusalem is the place where men are to worship. Jesus said, Woman, believe me, the hour cometh. You shall neither in this mountain nor at Jerusalem worship the Father. God is a spirit. And the woman said, I know that Messiah comes. And Jesus Christ, when he's come, will he tell us all things? Verse 26. Jesus said unto her, I am he that speaketh unto thee. And upon this came his disciples and marveled that he talked with a woman. Yet no man said, What seekest thou? Or why talkest thou with her? Then the woman left her water pot and went her way into the city and saith to the men, Come see a man which told me all things that I ever did. Is this not the Christ? And they went out of the city and came unto him. Amen. If you love the Lord, you will proclaim his salvation all your life and you will be uninhibited in the proclamation of salvation. Amen. Many of us many of us are inhibited in, in our proclamation of salvation. But when you are so happy with what has happened. I mean, you, you don't even need a little slightest prick to speak. When God gives you a miracle, you've been praying for a beloved, and you suddenly have a beloved. You want to tell everybody that is relevant, look, I got a beloved. Sharon, didn't you send me a text when you had a beloved? Yeah, when she had a believer, she said, I, I'm, I'm happy to inform you of the latest breakthrough in the whole universe. She was, she was, I didn't need to come and give her a sermon on why you must, seven reasons, 54 reasons why you must share with others what the Lord has done for you. I didn't have to do that. It just comes naturally. Because she's, she's happy. But she's got a beloved. Enoch, 
You didn't know that she was so happy that you had, you had proposed to her. It's nice to be loved. You, you knew that she was happy. Wow. <laughs> I mean, she sent me messages. Several messages. I'm happy to inform you. Shabaya. <laughs> yeah. You get it? Now you, Jesus has saved you. Now we have to preach 54 reasons why. You must be a soul winner. Huh? Portia. True or not true? We have to pump you. Then is it real? Because the one that is... No, nobody have to talk. Bishop, I've got a beloved. No teaching, so I never give any... Have I given any teaching? Seven things to do when you get a beloved. Eh? Bishop. And I, I told you, you must immediately inform me upon the resolution of the proposal. Did you have that message? No, Bishop. Did you read it in a book? Not at all. Why did you send it? I was excited. Ah. She was excited. So if Christ saves you and you find I'm safe, I want to go to China. I want to go to India. I want to tell everybody of what the Lord has done. I want to tell the whole world. I want to go. Well, who can I tell? Who can I tell about Christ? Who can I speak to? Who can I want to tell? So I want to tell. So I want to tell people. I don't want to do anything. I just want to tell people. Oh yeah, that's what happens when you are really saved. Yeah, that's what we call first love. Yeah. If you love the Lord and you love the salvation that He has given, it will be the most natural thing to say. I don't want to. I just want to. I don't want to do it. Maybe you have exams or you have, but the only thing I want to do is to tell this person, tell that person, tell that person, I got a beloved. I got a beloved. Wow. Glory to God. Tell them. Tell them. Tell them. Is that not a song like that? Tell them. There's a song like that. Tell them. Just tell them, even if they don't receive you, tell them for me, please tell them for me, that I love them, and I came to let them know. Tell them that I love them And I came to let them know
cold streets all alone Tell the crying child doesn't have a home Tell those hungry people dying Lost and in despair They don't even know that I care So tell them Even if they don't believe you Just tell them Though it seems they won't receive you Tell them for me Tell them for me Tell them that I love them And I came to let them know Oh, won't you tell them On the streets and on the highways Compel them And even on the byways Tell them And the broken hearted Restore the ones who are parted And I came to let them know So tell them Even if they don't believe you Just tell them Even if they don't for me, tell them that I love them, as I came to them, them go. Hallelujah. How many, if you love the Lord, do you have? Number one, if you love the Lord, what? You will love his will for you, isn't it? Number two, if you love the Lord, you love the anointing. Number three, if you love the Lord, you will value your salvation. Amen. Number, f- what's the next one? Number five? No, it should be the fifth one. Right? Number one, if you love the Lord, you will love his will for you. Number two, if you love the Lord, you will love what? His, uh, the anointing. Number three, if you love the Lord, you will... Okay, number four, if you love the Lord, you will love his servants. And we beseech you, number one, if you love the Lord, you will love the servants of the Lord as your own soul. And Jonathan caused David to swear again because he loved him, for he loved him as he loved his own soul. Amen. First Samuel 20 verse 17. He loved him as he loved his own soul. Amen. He loved him as he loved his own soul. Are you with me? Yeah. 
until you have a love for the servants of God, there will always be something wrong with you spiritually. Do you understand? Until you have a love for the servants of the Lord, there will always be something wrong with you spiritually. Why, Why do you think so? Why do you think so? Portia, why do you think so? You don't go close to them. But why, why do people not love the servants of the Lord? Have you not met people who don't like pastors? What is it? What is in them? Tell me. They think that they are cheating, they are thieves. Yeah. So, what else? They love the world. They don't love the Father, so there's no way they love the servants of the Lord. Yeah. Yes. Give them a microphone. Give them a microphone. No, this one cannot. Sit down. You sit down with them. They are mindful of the mistakes that they make rather than the good things that they do. Okay. Yes, at the back. They don't respect God's choice. Okay. Yes. They think it's an easy work. Lazy. (laughs) Yes. It, it's what? No, not at all. I mean, because sometimes raising offering is difficult. So, I mean, for people to think that pastors become pastors because of money is not the right thing. It's a stupid thought, isn't it? Uh, what else? Why don't people love um, servants of the Lord? I also feel that um, they are overly praised. Yeah, like the pastor is as if he's the only, yeah, the single attraction of everybody. Everybody is like, so what's the pastor? So, Even though the day are you is an attraction, that's why there's no problem with it. Stupid. Idiot. Somebody also said that the pastors play on people's mind and they use the power of the Bible to convince people and they make them follow them, control them. Wow. So you see, a lot of people don't love the servants of the Lord. There is always something wrong with someone who doesn't love the servants of the Lord. Some evil spirit or something. <laughs> you can hear from the things that they say. It's demonic. You know? So you need to work on yourself. Now, one of the things uh, somebody said was, who who said that they see their faults more than... uh, Come, you said they see what? They see what? They are mindful of the mistakes some pastors make than the good things they are doing in the house of the Lord. Okay. 
Now, that is perhaps the greatest problem for good people also who cannot love the servants of the Lord. Every pastor makes mistakes. God intentionally chose somebody who makes mistakes. (laughs) Do you hear what I'm saying? Because God could have used angels to do his work. But look at the people who say they are going to Brazil. Stand up, those who go to Brazil. Are you good boys or bad boys? How many have been very bad before? I need one very bad boy to come here. And... Are you been a very bad boy before? Very, bad. very, very, very bad. Why do you say that? <laughs> Mercy. Um, Bishop. <laughs> I can see that I've been bad. I've done so many, so many, so many bad things. <laughs> I have I have stolen before. It was one of my best in secondary school was one of my uh, main professions. As a matter of fact, I wait till everybody goes to school and then I break into their lockers and take their provision. We're we're three of us, three we call ourselves the three hungry rangers. And people actually, if somebody is angry with another person, they come and tell us that break into this, they pay us to break into someone's locker and take his provisions. So as a matter of fact, one day, um, a lady from the girls' hostel came to tell her that this girl, she has a lot of provisions. And she would not share with the people in the hostel. So please, three hungry rangers, break into her, her door. So we're having like a function outside. And we, we saw the girl coming. And we told someone to watch this girl. Make sure she does not come to the hostel. So we would go to the hostel. We went to the back of the girl's room because there's security in the front. So we went to the back, climbed into the hostel, located her room. And we broke into the lock. And we didn't see any provisions there. And we realized that it was the wrong room we broke into. Then we did some calculation. I said, no, so if we have made that mistake, then therefore the room is there. So we went to that room and we broke into the locker and behold, we saw a lot of provisions and we took one of the pillowcases and we filled it up with the provisions and wrote a note from the three hungry rangers. Next time, learn to share your provisions and we pasted it there on the door and we went to the other side and we replaced the lock for the other girl. We said, sorry for breaking your lock. It was a mistake. We are sorry. So we put the note there and we went away with the provisions. So you were a thief. You were, you were a thief. I was a thief. I was a thief. I was a thief. Professional thief. Paid. Paid to steal. Hey. You see, so if you have a problem, you are not yet a man of God or a servant of the Lord, and you have a problem with a man of God, and you are about to be sent. You yourself, what are you? You understand? It's a serious thing. That's what I'm saying. That maybe he is saying what he's saying. You want to hear more stories. But all of us have such things. So when a person sees a man of God and focuses on the faults of the person, it's one of the basic errors you can ever make. 
the person must not be, look i can tell you that uh, you are going to get very few ministers who don't make mistakes or who don't make some mistakes most people make some kind of mistakes i mean it's great to have people like billy graham who have lived their life and seem to have been able to escape all problems and traps but most people are not able to to do that some kind of crisis or issue or other comes in their lives then it means you're going to cut yourself off from most men of god the other day i was listening to i was realized that many of the ministers that i listen to are divorcees i i realized that mike meadow is a divorcee i people that i honor archbishop is divorced benahin is divorced uh, so many people are, are divorced, married. Kenneth Copeland divorced, married again. I mean, you name it, there are plenty. It's not going to be easy to get a very good guy. Now, somebody like this who's been a thief before, when he's even in the ministry, before you realize, you realize he's being tempted to steal again. It, it is not very easy to separate yourself from your past. So sometimes when you see a man, you realize that he is really forcing to be separate from something in the past. It's true. A. Allen. His, his parents, their work was making alcohol. Their work was making alcohol. And they used to give him as a child. How many of us children, as children, our parents give us alcohol to make us sleep and to make us drunk as children. You are drunk as they are making the thing. It was part of his blood. Alcohol. He died from alcohol. Very anointed man. But he struggled to free himself from this thing. You see, a man of God is also God chooses bad people and uses them sometimes to preach small and then they go. You wait when you get to heaven. Many people who people have said this is a bad man, this is this, this, you will see them shining in glory, glorious thrones. Even the fact that they were able to preach for three years with such a background, just three years and then fall again. You go and see them in glory. You wait and see. Because for you. To not become a homosexual is very different for somebody who grows up being brought up by two men. One is mommy daddy and one is daddy daddy. That's what they are doing now. They adopt children. And you hear them in school. Now they are teaching that it's an orientation from birth. You are either a homosexual or heterosexual. And we should not discriminate. Almost all the countries are making laws where you can be in prison for speaking against it. Saying anything bad about homosexuality. Almost all the countries are making laws like that. In France, Canada, France, those places. You can't easily, if you say something, you can easily go to just like speaking against Islam. This was happening in the world. And somebody like you, where you see homosexuality as a sickness. But they don't ask, they don't ask. They are different. So, men of God are human beings. God could have used angels, but he chose to use human beings. And until you can be humble 
to accept a man of God, even though he's laden with his past situations and his life is not easy, you will never have the eye of a receiver. And you yourself can never be used by God. Because that's why I say that sometimes you may be a virgin, but God will give you some severe treatment as a virgin so that you realize that virginity is not the only thing that makes a person righteous. A lot of people, sometimes you see people who maybe don't have children. I remember one sister in church, she didn't have a child. She had been married for so long. Her main complaint was that, why me? I was a virgin when I married. I never did anything. Look at this person. This person has had so five abortions, has done this, has slept with so many people. Look at her. She is having children, four children, five children. And me, that I was a virgin, I kept myself. I don't have a child. You see, they can't believe that. It's like my virginity has not qualified me to escape any form of evil. That the virginity is the super righteous. Meanwhile, your virginity is nothing to you. It's natural for you to be a virgin. Nobody has proposed to you. When you were younger, you were not beautiful. Do you understand? It's now that your beauty has come a little. But when you were younger, nobody was really chasing you. Virginity is the most natural thing for you. You grew up in a church environment, and so virginity is, I mean, it's more normal for you to be a virgin than for you to know. It was never a temptation to lose your virginity. No bad boy has ever come to wrap you to try to sleep with it. does not happen before. And you are think, think, sitting there boasting to yourself that your virginity is like an achievement. It's nothing. Huh? Oh, you don't understand what I'm saying. So, people really struggle. People really struggle to break. Homosexuals, it's very difficult for them. One day, a brother came to office. He said, I have a strong desire for a, a man. So I don't have desire for a woman. Strong desire. When I see a, a brother, I have a strong... I said, what is this? What problem is this? Can you imagine if you have such a problem? Do you have such a problem? Do you have a strong desire for, for, for him? <laughs> So you see, you don't even have that problem. You don't even have that. You are just discarding some. So somebody has such a problem. He's trying also to be a preacher. He's trying. Somebody has slept with every girl that anybody he meets, he sleeps with a person. It's a philander. A philanderer. It is normal for him to sleep with a girl. Anybody, I mean, if he relate with you, I must sleep with you. Now he's a pastor. And he's not supposed to sleep with all the different people that he... He will find it difficult. Occasionally, he may fall into it. I'm not saying that it's right, but you, before you realize, he's falling one, two, three, four. By the time you look over ten years, he has fallen about seven or eight times. Yeah. You see, you haven't thought about all that, isn't it? How many realize that you haven't thought about all that? You see, when you think about all that, you have more compassion. You see, when you laugh, you know the length and the depth and the breadth and the height. When you, when you look at a man of God and you really love him, you understand the length, the breadth, the depth, 
the height. It makes you know and understand. Why is this man drinking still? Why is he drinking? You, you will think about it and analyze it. This is why he's drinking. I advised a certain brother. He was going to marry a certain sister. I told him, I don't think you should. But I told him plainly. But he said, no, I'm going to marry her. He said, Bishop, I'm burning. I'm burning. But you see, then I remember when I was burning. And I, I, I just felt compassion. I said, brother, I, I, I know this problem. It's not a small thing to burn. Hey! Are you listening to me? Yeah. So, there is something wrong with you when you have no compassion for men of God. So, you, you must begin to love his servants. You've come from a bad... Look at this guy. And, and you grew up in where? Nigeria. So, you see, Nigeria culture is different from Ghana culture. Where you can still and it's something you are even known as it's like a film you leave a, a note from what and what we were here your signature now look at this young man he wants to be a servant of the Lord and you don't love him then I think there's something wrong with you What other bad things were you doing? <laughs> you see, he's crying. He's crying. That is why I would always support him. Yeah. With all my strength and with all my heart that he may find something to do for the Lord. Because he shouldn't have even been a Christian. That is what we talk about. To God be the glory. The voices of a million angels cannot say thank you for him being saved. Because I know him. And I know some of the things he's done. The voices of 10 million angels could not say thank you enough for that he's standing here saved. He would have been dead long ago. That he's sitting here, not just in a church, but in a church that wants to be a missionary. It's a salvation. That's why I told Dr. Go that you don't value your salvation. Because if you value your salvation, there wouldn't be anything you would like to do but to say with your life, thank you. <laughs> if you love the Lord, you love his servants. You appreciate the effort, the small that he tried to. That's why I love Archbishop. Because I believe it because I love the Lord. Somebody who was selling PK at Opera Square. Do you know PK? Next to the Kodesh, they make, either they make, do they make it? They distribute it from there. PK. Bishop Duncan Lewis was selling PK at Opera Square. <laughs> when you come in those days at the airport, some boys come to rush to take your bags. He was one of them. Trying to take people's bags and carry it to the car. And then he will ask, oh, sir, sir, sir. 
That's him. He used to go from disco to disco, from gondola to pussycat, from pussycat to wato club, different clubs. He used to smoke cocaine. He said it the other day. He was there. He said, I used to take cocaine drugs. Such a person is trying to serve God. Would I not try with all my heart to love the servant of the Lord? If you love the Lord, you even love his salvation, admire his salvation so much. That's what I said. There is something wrong with people who don't love the servants of the Lord. Because you can't see yourself. You shouldn't be. You shouldn't be around. You say you are a virgin, so you are good. One day, a certain brother, his father was an old man. And his father called him and said, I want to give you some advice (laughs) about marriage. And he said, I have only one thing to say. Only single one. And he said, do not marry a virgin. Yeah. This is the only advice. It's my friend. He told me. This was the only thing that my father told me before he died. (laughs) What, what, What does it mean? What did he see when he married a virgin? He must have seen something terrible that he has attributed to her virginity. It's the only advice. He said, He said, Yes. He said, To marry a virgin. (laughs) What did he experience for about 30 or 40 years? As I said, you may be a virgin, but your evil that. Your husband saying that never have this experience that I had with such a person. Sometimes the pride, wickedness, self-righteousness, cantankerosity, ill-natured. You don't know how much more difficult it is to live with you. It would have been better to get a prostitute from somewhere and wash her properly and marry her. Are you happy that the Lord has said? I'm very happy. Very happy. And you want to give your life to the Lord? Yes. You are going to be a man of God. You are going to make it. When you die, you will have died serving the Lord. And when your, your life comes to an end, you would have borne much fruit. And God will take your life and make it into something glorious for his glory. He will take a rag and make it into a kente cloth. He will take nothing and make it into something. You will see it. It will happen practically in your life. You will not be wasted. And your past will not, not have power to torment you. But the mercies of the Lord will be your deliverance. In the name of Jesus. Amen. You are blessed. Huh? Bless you.
Wow. If you love the Lord, you love his servants. Yeah. Even me, I assess people by the way they react to people that I employ. When I put somebody somewhere in charge of something and I see people fighting the person, I look at them and say, you, you don't know. Because I can tell you that uh, almost anybody who comes into my shoes is likely to do exactly what I'm doing. That is if you are to be able to do as much as I'm doing. You are likely to choose exactly the same people and work with exactly the same people. Because you will find the same problems and you will need the same agents and powers. (laughs) To overcome them. But because you are not in my position, you may not know why. When I see people's reaction to people that I have put somewhere, I always interpret it personally. Only that the person hasn't seen me. But usually when you react towards somebody, after a while, a time comes when the shield is removed and I I meet you directly. One day, I had a certain pastor and I put him in charge of a church and he had a general overseer and the general overseer was always having problems with this pastor. Sometimes he would talk with me and the general overseer was feeling bad. He says, there's something wrong with the way he's going about. This guy behaves this way. He's rude. He's like this. He's like... I told him, brother, don't be worried. It's not you. It is me. He's not some way to you. He's some way to me. Only that he hasn't seen me. When he sees me, he behaves humbly. He'll be asking, Bishop, is there anything? When I visit the church, he say, Bishop, is there anything you like me to do? How do you find the church today? Is there any advice you want to give me what I should do? <laughs> this is how, what he says. But the overseer, trouble always. And I told him, don't worry. It's not you. It's me. That's why Jesus said, he that receiveth you, receiveth me. He that rejects you, rejects me. Always you watch how people relate with the person you've sent. Or the person you are put in charge of something. So one day, a situation came when the guy, the overseer was not there. And now it was only me and this guy. I called and I told that guy, I told him, I said, I'm coming to town. I need to see you. So take a journey from where you are to this point. I showed him where I'm coming at the time I'm coming. So make sure you are there. I need to see you to discuss one or two things about the church with you. So when I got there, I asked, where is brother so-and-so? Oh, he's not around. Ah, where is he? I said, maybe let me give some time. Maybe he's on the way. After some time, he was not coming. So I was now with the overseer. So and it was raining. So I saw a telephone booth by the roadside. And I told the overseer that he should park the car 
I will go through the rain and call the guy. So I parked the car, got out through the rain, and I went to the telephone box. And I picked my phone and I called. I called his house. And I said, ah, I told you I was coming here. I called from Ghana or wherever I was. And I told you I'm arriving. Be there. I need to meet with you. Short meeting. And then you can go back. What? So when I called the house, I spoke to his wife. I said, why is so and so? He said, oh, he's, he's gone out. Ah, then, I, then I remembered. They had told me that he was not feeling well. So he couldn't come. <laughs> I said, he's not feeling well. So I came through the rain to call the guy who was not feeling well. At 11 o'clock in the night. So that I can speak to the person who is not feeling well. When I called, I said, where is your husband? He's gone out. I said, I thought he was not well. 11 o'clock, he's, he's gone out. So just as I was speaking, he came through. He said, ah, he's coming. So then I said, let me speak to him. Then I come and said, brother, where are you? I told you I was coming. It's very important. I concerned the church, which I put you there. You see, now I was beginning to have conflict with the guy. But all along, he has been shielded. He's been fighting with the person I sent. Now the shield was gone. I personally, is now dealing with me. And then the thing changes. That's why I said that if you love the Lord, you love the person he has sent. And when you fight with people that have been sent, set authorities, appointed, whether they are older than you or younger than you, you are fighting with the person who put the person there. So I said, what are you doing? He said, ah. He went to see one of the church members. Somebody died. Somebody's child died. So, and so he went to see. I said, but whether somebody's child died or whether I called you and I said that you should come, it's very important. Do you know what he told me? He said, ah, what am I now saying? When I teach them what to do, which is visitation, when somebody is ill, and I'm now coming with a different instruction against what I've told. I said, what do you mean? I put down the phone. Of course, such a person is no more in the church. It to, to, with, a, with a bit of time, all the conflict came. But this guy, he was, oh, I, I used to tell the overseer, I said, overseer, don't worry. I, this guy, I know. He hasn't done anything to me. When he sees me, he asks me, how is the church? Do you have any problem with the church? Did you like the church service today? Was there anything? Is there anything you want me to do? Uh, advice? Only speaking nice to me and only conflict with the overseer. Watch such people. It's not if you are a leader, you if a, a leader, you don't only watch how people deal with how watch how people deal with the people you send. Or the people that you put. Just watch how they relate with them. One, two, three, four, five, like that. That is how you know. Because for you yourself, the main leader, they'll always be nice to you. People are really nasty to me. People usually smile at me. Usually, when I see people, they if they are walking slowly, they walk fast. If they are walking fast, they walk slow. They change. They, everybody is nice to me because I'm, I'm the leader. So I, I can't use that to assess them. I have to use their interactions with other people to find out what is really going on. Because when they are not with me, then they are themselves. You see them shouting, talking, eating, doing everything. When they see me, hello, Bishop, daddy, 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 daddy. They come with sheepish smiles. Thrill or not thrill? So if you love the Lord, you love his servant. Even me, I can see that people's love for me is I see how it relates with the people that I work with. 
If I've chosen to sing, I say, sing for me. You don't like my singer. Why don't you like her? Why you fight her? Why you oppose her? If you were me, you were likely to choose the same. If you even get. If you will even get. I got her in school. She was a little, skimpy little girl. Well, you know a skimpy little girl. (laughs) If you love that. There's only one book that I've read that tears came out uh, horizontally. (laughs) 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 You know, you can, you can, you can, you can, you can read a book and tears will come streaming about. I'm talking about tears that come this way. And it was when I read about A.A. Allen and how he died. And the guy described how he entered the room and the room was full of whiskey bottles and how the man was so depressed from he came from miracle service. He he said the man used to hold children in his hand and pray for them at crusades. He said after the service has closed and he'll be here alone, will be with a lot of sick people. He'll hold their children screaming and praying over for God to heal them. Oh! And then he developed this knee problem. And you know, those days they believed, they didn't believe in uh, medicine. So he was struggling. So after the service, he would go and lie down behind the tent. The knees would be painting. Then he went to the hospital. And then he went traveling. He was just depressed. This guy described how he entered and we saw him lying there, surrounded by the whiskey. Well, he had just drank himself to death. When I, when I read it, the, the tears came horizontally. <laughs> I felt, I feel so much love for that man of God. Oh yes, and I'm sure that in glory you will see. You will see. Even in Rejoiner's book, the Lord showed him. Do you see this man? He was in the church. I wanted you to see where he was. Wow. So the love for his servants. Whoever the servant is, and whatever problem the person has had, it must be deep in you. It shows your love for the Lord. Yes. If I have a secretary, you don't like the secretary. You don't like me. It will not work. Because that's the person who is my If I have a wife, you don't like my wife, it will not work. If I have somebody that sings, you don't like the person. Why? What don't you like? Why? I don't get it. Why should I like you? It doesn't work. I have somebody I've chosen that this person is going to work for me. You, you, you don't like the person? Why? It doesn't work that way. As soon as you reject the person that God has put, the person has put there, you are rejecting the one who sent him. Oh, you've not read it in the Bible. Yeah. If you love the Lord, you love his servants as your own soul. Number two, if you love the Lord, you will protect men of God from danger. Amen. Amen. Ahab called Obadiah, 1 Kings 18, verse 3, which was the governor of his house. Now, Obadiah feared the Lord greatly. For it was so when Jezebel cut off the prophets of the Lord that Obadiah took a hundred prophets 
and hid them by fifty in a cave and fed them with bread and water. Amen. If you love the Lord, you protect the man of God from danger. Now, Elijah told Obadiah, go and tell, go and tell, um, go and tell what? Ahab, that he should come. And Obadiah started begging. He said, ah, don't you know what I have done for the Lord? I've hidden all these prophets from Jezebel. Because she wanted to kill them. I love the Lord. When you send me to Ahab, he's going to kill me. Do you see? Because I've been hiding the prophets. I've been protecting them. When you love the Lord, huh, you protect his servants. You don't spread stories about them. If you love the Lord, you protect them. You try to save their lives. You try to shield them. You try to cover them. You try to hide them in a cave. If you have a cave, you keep them in your personal cave and feed them. If you love the Lord, you feed God's servants. If you love the Lord, you love his servants, I'm telling you. Obadiah hid the people in the cave and fed them with bread and water throughout the famine. Nobody knew what he was doing. He was keeping the people. Oh, Is it not a powerful thing? Yeah. If you love the Lord, you love the servants that he has chosen. You protect them. You feed them. You keep them from danger. You don't destroy them. If you love the Lord, you cannot sleep with his servants. Hey. To destroy. Only through you, a great man of God should be destroyed. You know, you are a Satan. Then you don't love the Lord. You hate the Lord. You don't love the Lord. If your body is used for that, because of you, a pastor cannot preach. One day, I met a certain sister who had a beloved for a long time and she wasn't getting married. So I kept asking, I called her sister, why are you not getting married to this beloved? Every year I see them in the church and I say, ah, you are not married. They were beloveds. So after some number of years, I said, no, there is something wrong with this relationship. So, always I ask the sister. I never ask the brother. So this time I decided after so many years, let me call the brother and ask him, brother, why? Why are you not married? She's a nice girl. You have been in a relationship all this time. He would not answer me. He didn't want to speak. Yeah. But after a long time, he decided to speak. <laughs> and he said, I said, You don't really like it. He was neutral. Then he let the cat out of the bag. There was a cat in the bag, and he was about to bring it down. He said, Bishop. Before I met this girl, I was a virgin. That's the brother. He said, before I met this girl, 
I was a virgin. But since I met her, I am not a virgin because of her. And you see that the thing has really pained the guy. It really pained him. Because she has harmed him. She has harmed him. He felt that it was her. She who caused it. So you see that it has taken away his love for her. Mercy. Before I met this girl, I was a virgin. If you loved him, you wouldn't have slept with him. If you loved him, rather you would have prevented him from sleeping with you. It's very bad girls who want to sleep with you. Wicked. Satan. Strange woman. Jezebel. Shabaka Zabaluba. Delilah spirit. Delilah spirit. Killer of men of God. May you perish in the flames of fire. May you find your way to the evil sword. And fall into the pit which you have dug. May you never... May you never be able to rise out of that pit from whence you shall fall. May you cry unto people who will never mind you from that hole where, whence you shall fall in the name of Jesus. Strange woman. Bible says many mighty men has she slain. Through her, many mighty men have become a piece of bread. Ooh. She said, before I met him, I was a virgin. Something that they, when you are married, they will always be advising you to do it. Begging you to do it. You have taken yourself with wickedness and used it to destroy the man because you know that he was weak. Are you listening to me? Yeah. May curses never depart from your family after you have destroyed a man of God. May there always be a sick person in your house. A leper. Somebody that falleth upon a sword and dies suddenly. May there always be unexplained death in your house. May your children not grow up to maturity because you have come to destroy the house of the Lord. Your days shall be few. And they shall be pitiful days. She said before I met him. I was a virgin. I was a virgin. I was a virgin. If you love the Lord. You will not destroy his servants. You will zip up that trouser. And say now my vagina cannot be used for this. Now where? It will not happen. Whilst I'm here. Ah. Are you there? You don't like my message? I like my message. Number three, if you love the Lord, if you love the Lord, you will minister 
to the needs of the men of God. Amen. And a certain woman named Lydia, Acts 16 verse 14, a seller of purple of the city of Thyatira, which worshipped God, heard us, whose heart the Lord opened, that she attended unto the things which were spoken of Paul. And when she was baptized in her household, she besought us, saying, If you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come into my house and abide there. And she constrained us. Lydia, a seller of purple, which worshipped God. She constrained them and said, come into my house. Amen. Amen. Oh, if you love the Lord, you will love his servants and care for them. She brought them into her house. Find a place to sleep, food to eat, warmth. Huh? Because what else can she do? What do you have? She cared. If you love the Lord, you will care for his servants to make them comfortable. Wow. Wow. To give them food. To give them shelter. But if you don't love the Lord, you when you see the man of God hungry. You will say that we all went out and we have all come and we have all we were all in the service, so we have nothing to offer. One day, I came to University of Science and Technology to visit, and I was with my beloved. Hey, when we arrived after a long bus ride, we went to the hall. And she told me that she had a friend who was like Lydia, the seller of purple. So I was expecting comfort, ministration of kindness. So when we got there, I sat down because I was used to the kindness that my beloved had been giving. I was there expecting something different. So I was there when they brought me a plate. Curry and egg. Curry and boiled egg. No, no fried. Curry and boiled egg. I said, ah, is this kindness? I've traveled from this bus. The girl cannot provide anything proper. Curry and boiled egg. Am I a prisoner? Am I a prisoner? (laughs) I've been praying for that girl's husband for years. (laughs) The servant of the Lord, you will say, ah, servant of the Lord. And you will always be blessed. I remember when I was in Geneva, there was a, a sister who started the church. Oh, she was just like this Lydia. You say, come to my house. No matter the time of day you go to the house. She will, 11 o'clock. 11.30. 11.30. She will. When we entered her, she will not say, we all went to church. There's nothing like we all went to church. We are all tired. Or we all came. No. What? She will organize. She said, oh, I'm coming. Bishop, I'm coming. I don't even know if I was a bishop there. 
and she will start organizing. And also the speed of organization of the food is relevant to the timeliness of the hunger and the satisfaction of that hunger. You cannot come with food at 3 a.m. when we come at 11.30. Maximum of 30 minutes is the highest possible time we can give to you. She will choose. You just watch television. This, whatever. Oh, come and see food. We always went to her house, blessing her every day. Blessing her, blessing her, blessing her, blessing her. Even up to today, I'll bless her. When I see her, I'm so happy to see her. Somebody who looked after us and cared for us. We feel it. Oh. All of you ladies who are like men. Doing your hair, everything, but you cannot make food now. It's a problem. Oh, you think I'm deceived by their, their faces? Here. See them sitting here. Shelly. Shelly. Gary and Bald Egg Sisters. Giving me bald egg and carry. What do you mean? Hey! You are a sister, you've made yourself like a boy. Are you a boy? Then move to the boys' dormitory so that we know that you are a boy. So, so doing of her. Joe in prayer. But there is nothing to you. There is nothing. When we come to your house, we will suffer. Oh! If you love the man of God, look at Lydia. Seller of purple. She forced, she constrained and come to my house. Some of you always say, go to their house. Don't come. I hope he doesn't come here. One day, I went to a certain house after church. It was around 12 30 the night. The tea. And uh, sister came and said, I have some fish in the freezer. Should I defrost it? <laughs> Should I defrost it? I make. I have some rice I can boil. Should I make? You see, the difference between this one and the sister that I told you that we used to bless her, that one does not tell her that the fish is in the freezer. Whether you should defrost it. As a born again Christian, can I tell you to go and defrost that fish? I'll say no, 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 don't don't defrost the fish. Don't defrost the fish. I mean, it is one of the few times in my life that I've had to tell a lie. 
said, okay. I said, oh, no, we are, we are okay. No, we were not okay. We were not okay. We were dying. We were dying of hunger. Should I defrost the fish? Should I boil the rice? No, don't boil the rice. Don't boil the rice. How can you boil rice now? No, 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 no. We are okay. We are okay. Hey! That's why when you travel, you are experienced. You always have some, what we call, options in your bag. Should in case you have gone to an Amatazan house. Tazanica house without deliverance. Shall I defrost the fish? No, don't defrost. Go fishing and catch one in the sea. Go fishing and catch one in the sea. Go and catch the fish in the sea. I want fresh, fresh fish from the sea. One day, a certain brother, he went preaching in another country and he was staying in a house and there was no Lydia in that house oh every day hunger 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 in the end he developed ulcer from that that visitation how can somebody come to us and develop ulcer Sit down. If you love the Lord, number four, you will put your life at risk for the men of God. Amen. Bible says, Prisca, Prisca, and Aquila, my fellow workers in Christ Jesus, who for my life risked their own necks. To whom not only do I give thanks, but also the churches of the Gentiles. Amen. Amen. Wow. If you love the Lord, you will risk your life. Yesterday, when we were going, I decided to go. I went to preach there and we were coming back. We had to cross through some grass (laughs) so as we were crossing the grass we realized that we were in danger of snakes now some of my followers who were with me I was listening to see what they would say then they said we are right behind you (laughs) (laughs) We are right behind you. I said, Hey! You are right behind me. So I should step on the snake first so that the snake will bite me, and and you are right behind me, saving your life. (laughs) That is when I realized that they were not prepared to give their life for me. Yeah. That I should step on the snake first. And die first. And so they will come and say, Oh, Bishop, oh, Bishop. <laughs> we are right behind you. We are right behind you. 
<laughs> when I heard, I laughed to myself. Hey, you are right behind me. <laughs> but if you love the Lord, you will risk your life for the servants of the Lord. Amen. 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 Yes. I remember one time the newspapers were harassing a man of God in this city. And I joined with some other pastors. I said, let us go and write to this newspaper and tell the newspaper that we are all part of that thing. So that you take all of us together. You get it? Yeah. If you love the Lord, you risk your reputation. But uh, when you want to be Mr. Clean, Mr. Goody Goody, Mr. Never Do Wrong, you cannot easily risk your life for the servants of the Lord. The points are more. Number five. Number what do you have? Number five. If you love the Lord, you will do your best to meet the needs of the men of God. Philippians four. Philippians four fifteen. You yourself know Philippians that the first preaching of the gospel I left, I left Macedonia. No church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving, but you alone. For even in Thessalonica, you sent a gift more than once for my needs. Not that I seek the gift itself, but I seek for the profit, which increases to your account. But I have received everything in full and have an abundance. I am amply supplied, having received from Epaphroditus, what you have sent, a fragrant aroma, an acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing to my God. Glory to God. And my God will supply all your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. What are the needs of the man of God? If you, if you see a man of God, he needs a motor, motorbike, you buy it for him. Amen. See a man of God, he needs a shirt. You want to buy it for him. See that he looks withered. You need vitamins. You buy it for him. You want to meet the needs of this because they are so special to you. Amen. So special. So special. You take it to God and it's not proof that you are right or wrong. <laughs> it's a shameful thing to be in prison. You are assuming that it was an unjust arrest, but. It's an arrest. <laughs> if I was arrested and put in prison, I have not explained myself for anything. So the bishop is now in prison. That is what it will be. Whether I explain or not, or even if I explain later. Yeah, I have a mind that he's been going to prison. But he said I was not ashamed of his chain. Amen. Amen. Wow. wow. He searched eagerly for me and found me. You stand by the men of God in spite of their difficulties. 
May the Lord grant him to find mercy from the Lord on that day. And you know very well what services he rendered to me at Ephesus. What a reward. But just searching for him and doing something for him. What? May the Lord grant him mercy in that day. Amen. Amen. Number eight. If you love the Lord, you will not see anything as excessive for the servants of the Lord. It is when you don't love the Lord that you feel, oh, why should he have this? Why should he have that? Why is he different from us? That's what Korah told Moses. You have exalted yourself about it is not only you who is holy. The whole congregation is also holy. These are the words of Korah. But in John chapter 12, verse 3, Bible says, Then Mary took a pound of ointment of spikenard, very costly, and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the odor of the ointment. Amen. Wow. And then said one of the disciples, Judas, we should betray him. Why was this ointment not sold for 300 pence and given to the poor? Now, once again, when you don't love the man of God, you even find something wrong in anything that is done for him. You will find a righteous reason why he should not have that expense to be made on him wow Wow. is it fantastic amazing isn't it why should this expense be made on him why should he have such a car why should he live there why should he go here why should he have this but when you love the lord you say that this one is not even enough for you you should have been at a better place Amen. amen that is how your mind must work that's a better mind to have than the mind that oh, we are wasting money on this. Oh, why should we know? Oh, we should know. Oh, why should? This is a wrong way of thinking. That's the way Judas thought. And you may be justified, technically or logically, it may look right. But honoring the servant is honoring God, and there is no honor that is too much for God. Amen. Leave it to the man of God to decide that I don't want this. I don't think, I think this is too much. But you, from your point of view, if you love the Lord, and you love his servant, you must want the best for him. That you leave it to him to decide, I don't want, but not that you choose for him that yes. Amen. Amen. Number nine.
just thought you held a place in my heart A place that no one else could fill But sin kept your spirit from working in me I couldn't look at life honestly Until the day my will gave away To the truth that I found in you I never knew just how good it would be to stand in your presence totally free Now I'm forgiven Now I have a reason for living Jesus keeps giving and giving Giving till my heart overflows I'm forgiven Now I have a reason for living Jesus keeps giving and giving Giving till my heart overflows I can see me as a person all free Even when I slip and fall You are a God who forgives and forgets Now I want to give you my all Cause I'm forgiven now I have a reason for living Jesus keeps giving and giving Giving till my heart overflows I'm forgiven Now I have a reason for living Jesus keeps giving and giving Giving till my heart overflows That no one else will But sin kept your spirit from working in me I couldn't look at life honestly Until the day my will gave way To the truth that I found in you And I never knew just how good it would be To stand in your presence totally free I'm forgiven now I have a reason for living Jesus keeps giving and giving Giving till my heart overflows Oh, I'm forgiven Now I have a reason for living Jesus keeps giving and giving and giving Giving till my heart overflows Yeah.
you love the Lord, you will, number nine, you will be moved to restrain, protect the man, restrain the man from dangers. Oh, the Bible says in Acts chapter 21 verse 12, and when we, be, when we had this, in both we and they of that place besought him not to go up to Jerusalem. Then Paul answered, what mean ye to weep and break out mine heart? For I'm ready not to be bound, but also to die. So when they heard there was any danger in Jerusalem, they tried to protect him. Amen. Amen. And number 10. Luke 23:27 If you love the Lord you will be affected by the suffering of the men of God wow and you will stand by them in their difficulty Bible says, following him was a large crowd of the people and of women who were mourning and lamenting him. But Jesus turned to them and said, daughters of Jerusalem, stop weeping for me, but weep for yourselves and for your children. A large crowd. Amen. 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 Wow. Wow. There were women who were following. Why were they following? They, they loved him. Why do you think the reason? They want, want, to, want to see what they would do to you. No, they would love him. That's why they were following him. Following him and crying, weeping. Yeah. So if you love the Lord, you'll be concerned about what's happening. Is he suffering? What's going on? Wow. How many are ready to stand by the man of God that God gives to you? Amen. God is going to bless you as you stand by the man of God and love the man of God that God wants you to love. And as you love the man of God, you love God. Learn to love all men of God. Anyone who fears the Lord. It doesn't have to be your church, your doctrine, your kind of way. Once he's a man of God, the Bible says, they that will ascend to the holy hill are those that love them that fear the Lord. They honor them that fear the Lord. Amen. God is going to bless you. Amen. When the night has come and the land is dark. 